Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get on a Monday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. 202, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. We'll get into your blues today. We also have Chris Zimmerman on at 430 talking about uh, a bid that the St. Louis did not get, but... But yeah, but making some noise, making Anthony. some noise potentially. We'll making also, some noise, baby. We'll, we'll also talk about uh, the the Cardinals. Get into some topics there. You signed someone? Kerry, no. <laughs> oh. In fact, the exact <laughs> opposite. <laughs> You're a funny guy. In fact, the exact opposite, Kerry. Okay, hang on, guys. guys. Um, by the way, Anthony, I blindly, just blindly, I don't even know. You can check because you're way better at this than me. Like, check up on FanDuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, America's number one sports books. Yeah. You can check that out. But uh, I blindly uh, put 100 bucks on uh Richie Palacios to win AL MVP next year. <laughs> I was uh, on my way to Raleigh, North Carolina, and saw that the Cardinals had made a trade. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, awesome, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're ready for takeoff. Got Cardinal, a pitcher. Cardinals made a trade. Pitcher, I'm kind of trying to figure it out. Then I go, wait, we made a trade with the friggin' Rays? I was like, son <laughs> of a... There goes another MVP. Yeah, we had a Mr. lot of discussion October, about that on Friday. 2.0, headed yeah. to Tampa. Yep. Jamie, you know my rule. Whenever Tampa calls and they ask for a certain player. Yeah, hang up. Hang up and promote that player. <laughs> Dude, the, the, it ran through my head. And look at Richie Palacios last year. The way he finished the year. Mm-hmm. He's going like, to be a starter. There's something there. There's something <laughs> he's there, He's going to start in left field. Or, yeah, he's going to have a good, good, good start to the season. And then uh, you're going to be, oh, A.L. Player of the month. Uh, mm-hmm. He's done All this right. three times already. <laughs> Sorry to derail it, yeah. Anthony. I just uh, I couldn't help myself. I wasn't here for that uh, momentous occasion to talk about the next AL MVP, so I thought we'd do it today. Yeah, he'll hit ninth at the start of the year and then wind up being their cleanup hitter at some point. Work his way up. Yep. <laughs> the Blues get it done over the weekend in Carolina. 2-1 shootout victory over the Hurricanes. Outstanding defensive performance again. Excellent game by Jordan Bennington, who comes up with 29 saves. This Blues team is starting to find its groove, even even if it's still dealing with consistency uh, problems, and they are. This team has racked up wins against Carolina and Vegas and um, who else? Vancouver, Florida, Vancouver. 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 I mean, they some good wins under their belt, man. At Tampa, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Are they starting to prove doubters wrong? I think so, a little bit. Like, look, it's still not a situation where you're you know as i I always like to say you're not ordering the rings just yet 
or even in the foreseeable future, but you're making steps in the right direction. You know, the one thing that I think Blues fans were more frustrated about than anything else was playing in games and losing games where you weren't competitive. And I think that that's, you know, that resonates with Blues fans or any St. Louis sports fan is they want guys who work hard, who compete. I think the fans realize that you're not going to win all the games that you play, but at least make it worth my dollar to be either watching you on the television, listening to you on the radio, or being there in person. Like, make it worth my while. And I think that that's what the Blues have been doing lately, because if you look at the losses to the Avalanche and the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're losses. You got zero points out of it, but you competed hard, Mm -hmm. and you were in both of those games. You probably should have had a better fate with the Colorado game, at least gotten a point out of that. But people weren't ticked off. They were, they were upset because you lost a couple of games in a row, but it wasn't like, ah, this team, here we yeah. go again. It wasn't like that. And then the team comes back, and they have a really tough game against a Vancouver Canucks team that was just rolling. They get that win, close game. And then they go on the road in Carolina. That's a really good team, yeah. by the way, guys. I mean, I knew it to begin with, and I'd seen them up close and personal a few times, but... They play fast. They're aggressive. That's a good team. And you won. It took a shootout to get there, but you won. Counts. Yeah. And it was nice to see Braden Shen get that goal. He's been snake bitten, man. He hasn't had a point in a long time. Never mind a goal, a point. And a couple things about that game. Braden Shen did a fantastic job of playing against the Sebastian Ajo line. So Rod Brendamore uh, very knowingly and purposely kept the Ajo line away from Robert Thomas. Why mm-hmm. is that? because Robert Thomas has done a great job of shutting down the opposition here recently and producing points. So the best way to avoid that when you have last change at at home is you get your best checker out there, which is Jordan Stahl, who did a great job against the Robert Thomas line. So it's a little bit of a chess match there. But Rod Brendamore keeping those guys away, which means somebody else had to step up and play against the other team's top line. And it was the Shen line. And they did a fantastic job. So when I saw Shenner get the tap on the shoulder, shooter number five to come in, I was like, oh, man, this would be great for him to score. It doesn't count on his stat sheet, yeah. mm-hmm. but maybe it pops the bubble, you know, gets him going again, comes in, gets the game winner. And you're hoping now that's a feel-good moment, starts to feel better, not gripping the stick quite as much, but, yeah, a good effort, great win. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, and this this team, I think that when this team's playing playing well, forget about. I I, know, I realize that we need to talk about the scoring, the depth of scoring, the power play, and all that. But when this team has looked right, it has played well defensively. Two one victory over Carolina. Two one victory over Vancouver. Even the loss to Colorado. Not all losses are created equal. Not all wins are created equal. They lost two to one. Dallas held them in check. 2-1. I'd rather see that. Florida, they held them to, to one goal in a 4-1 victory. When they play well defensively, they give themselves a shot. And since that 4-2 victory over Ottawa on December 14th, they have largely played well defensively. And they have won 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7 games over that stretch with only 3 losses. No losing streak. 1 winning streak. If they play well defensively, I think things, things start to fall into place. What? Defensively and... Goaltending. Jordan Bennington. Really oh my gosh. Goal, goal suppression is yeah. what I'm talking Joel about. Joel Hofers had strung together some really good games here recently. And there was even a you know the uh the underbelly a little bit of ooh, a goaltender controversy, to which I just <laughs> shook my head at to from the very start. But again, it's a positive thing in a way because you've got two goalies in that are battling, competing to be, you know, getting more games. 
but your team's winning. Your team benefits from right. two goalies playing well. And Jordan Binnington was fantastic. The last two games, Jordan Binnington was a rock star. And I just, I getting to know him more and more, which is difficult when you're on the outside. No matter how much you're around the team, it's difficult to get to know guys, especially the goaltender position. Those guys can be a little bit, you know, reserved or mm-hmm. to themselves and whatnot. But getting to know Jordan Bennington a little more this year and, and talking to him just about various things and just watching him kind of evolve into an even better goalie than he has been just from a mental standpoint, it's been awesome, man. He's done a fantastic job. He's a hell of a goaltender. And him partnered with Joel Holfer is a great start for your team. To your point, Anthony, defensively. Mm-hmm. If your goalie's good, your defense looks better. <laughs> it, it definitely helps. And I'm looking at the team. Anthony, you hit it on 10 games, 7-3 and three in those games since the fire in the Barubi. Are we starting to see? I know it's you don't want to start, you know, Planning and preparing for a. Are you planning a parade? parade? I, I kind of. I say kind of. a hell of a parade. Yeah, well, I, I, I want to I wanna <laughs> see it and so be I'm a told. part of it again. Yeah, you don't remember all that. I was but there. I think ten games in since the since the dismissal of Barubi and, and Bannister being here, you had the great comeback against the Blackhawks, which I thought was the best game of the year to that point, obviously. And then you go and beat a, a Canucks team that we talked about it before the game. Like, it's, it's going to be a challenge because mm-hmm. of how how great this team is. And then you go on the road to Carolina. Those are some really good wins to have under your belt in 10 games. Is this – can we expect this? Are we at the point where you can say, okay, this is who they are now and this is what should continue for the rest of the season? Yeah, I think you should. I think you should expect this. And I think the players should expect this. Yeah. You're at the point now where – You've proven that you can play together as a team. You've proven that you can compete for 60 minutes. Is it always going to be picture perfect every game? No, of course it isn't. You're not going to win every game, and you're not always going to look great, but you can always compete. And I think that's the biggest thing right now. If you're a Blues fan, you're looking at it going, you know what, when I'm watching my team play, at least I'm proud to watch them play. That's all you can ask for as a coach, as a teammate. Like If if I have to ask guys to try hard or work hard, we're in a bad place. And if I'm watching a team that is not giving effort, like we talk, I, I love the Steelers. I, I wanted to grab George Pickens a couple of times and grab him. Deontay Johnson, what the hell are you oh, all doing? That's that not kid. Steeler football. Yeah. And so when you see that, it drives you crazy. And and to the Blues, when you see guys, the way that they were playing earlier this season, it makes you want to grab people and say, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you doing your job? And so now watching it, they're doing their job. And guess what happens when you do your job? You win games. Things Isn't that amazing back. how that works? That, it's the craziest thing in the world, guys. Falls when you, in the place. Wow. Don't know. <laughs> you just started winning games. No, you started doing your damn job consistently, yeah. and the win started happening. So, yeah. Blues off tonight. And don't forget that we have the national championship game between Washington and Michigan. We'll, we'll break that down a lot throughout the course of the show today. Pre-game's at 5.30, so we're off a little bit earlier tonight. The national championship. What? Yeah. Jamie just found that You're out. Hot. Speaking of ordering the ring. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-game, 5.30, right here on 101 ESPN. We've got the game for you, too. But the Blues and Panthers, they square off tomorrow. Pre-game starting at 6 right here on 101 ESPN. Katie Wu of The Athletic reports that the Cardinals are set to announce the hiring of Kyle Bloom to the front office in an advisory role. Sources tell The Athletic the Cardinals had been linked to the former Red Sox executive dating back to the beginning of the offseason. So we heard Kyle Bloom could be part of the Cardinals' front office in some some capacity that that is now official kyan bloom for yeah, just a quick summary on him he was he was the rays assistant director kind of worked his way up there and then became the gm 
of the Red Sox in 2019. COVID year, then he was then he had to basically sell off some pieces and things didn't go great, but the Red Sox still were 267, 262 during his time as chief baseball officer. So somebody that is high high on the analytics, so Carrie, you'll love that. No. Somebody that is often working with a limited budget dating back to Tampa. Carrie's excited. Which might also have to play in. His next role here in St. Louis. <laughs> it's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Our biggest takeaways from week 18 in the NFL. The playoffs are now set. Carrie's happy. Jamie's not. We'll get into it here on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. set in the NFL and Kerry Steelers made it. How about that? They beat the backups for the Ravens and then had to have we didn't have to say that. A couple beat, of things fall into place. Twice. You beat the backups eh, for the Ravens. What about the first time we beat them? First one hey, was hey, their starters were there then. Huh? Disastrous. Hey, here we go. Uh so you gotta be <laughs> you gotta be fired up. You go to ball. You go to Buffalo now, but who cares? You're in the you're in the playoffs. You're you're excited. Yeah, you can't win it unless you're in it. So we Good are trip. in it. We have an opportunity in in Pittsburgh to go to Buffalo. I think looking at this matchup, Buffalo is obviously the better team. They have their starting quarterback. We're on our third, and uh, the defensive player, your potential defensive player of the year in, in T.J. Watt, may not be available, which is a yeah, Pittsburgh has had has dealt with so many injuries this year. Uh, inside linebacker being a position that has been they have searched high and low for if I was 10 years younger they might have called me I I don't know (laughs) they they have been searching for inside linebackers all year Minka Fitzpatrick being injured often and so you know you have a um, they've dealt with a lot Buffalo is the better team with all that said I'm obviously going to pick Pittsburgh to an outright oh yeah why not I mean because Buffalo is is hit or miss Right, they they were literally one game away from not even being in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Had a couple of other things going, you know, wrong prior to this game. So, uh, I think Buffalo is a good team, like I said. But I think Pittsburgh, I, I'm going to give them a chance against anyone. And you know, I, I like this matchup better than going to Kansas City, better than going to um, anywhere else that they could have, other than maybe Houston. But hell, even Houston. <laughs> so let's talk about that game. So the the Houston Texans won the AFC South. Largely because Jackson, I mean, credit Houston. Nobody, nobody had them winning that division. I said Marsh had mentioned it last week. I said that the Texans are going to be a lot better than people think. That roster is a lot better than people think. Yeah. If they get the quarterback and the head coach right, things could fall into place. Again, I didn't see them winning the AFC South though. I just thought they'd be, they'd be marginally better, and they wouldn't be the number one or hell even one through five pick. Right. When it came to Tables draft, so credit credit Houston for getting it done. But boy, he, Indianapolis, tough play. Gardner Minshew, it's a tough play for the running back. He's got to catch it, but that could have been a better ball too. The one that essentially sealed the Colts' fate. So we had a rule in in 
as it pertains to pass catching or pass dropping, if it touches your hand, it's a drop. Sure. And so, yeah, he was turned around. I don't know if he he got turned around. I don't know if he should have been turned in the, the, the direction that he was or should he have been turned the other way. It looked like it's a flat route, so you normally turn outside. It's a awkward throw in an awkward position to try to catch the football, but you got you have to catch the football. And that young man, to his credit, he said what most people wouldn't say. I feel like a like, I feel terrible, mm-hmm. and, and I feel like I didn't take care of business. And and you don't. I, I I felt him wholeheartedly. It's a mistake. Now, my question would be: There's a young man that plays the same position. <laughs> for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. Got paid a lot of money, sat out this year because they weren't going to pay him. Why in the hell ain't you throwing the ball to your best guys? <laughs> Who are we trying to fool here? Right. <laughs> I can tell you, hey, he's getting the football. You got to figure out a way to stop him. I want my best best guys to be involved in those plays. You know, I think the kid's name is Goodson. Yeah. Uh, no, no knock on him, but... Jonathan Taylor is the best running back on that team. He started to take over that game, too, in the second half. Yeah, he, he had 100 plus yards and uh, what, 150, 180 yards rushing yep. and a touchdown. You give him the football because that's why you paid him. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't, again, no offense to the young man. That's not his fault. You shouldn't be put in that position. You should have caught the damn ball, but you shouldn't have been put in that position. Jonathan Taylor should have been the one you're throwing that pass to or handing it off to on a fourth and one play call six receptions for 34 yards on the season for yeah. goodson and he's the guy that you're throwing the ball to with the season yep. on the I'm line not. what are you doing <laughs> they overthought it what are you doing they overthought it uh, you 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 don't take unless he was almost dying and i'm talking about jonathan taylor hey man one play i need you for this I don't care if you're a decoy and I got to throw the ball to Michael Pittman and you threw it to Ali Cox, throw him another jump ball pass, whatever you do, yeah. throw it to people that that play a lot and are, are part of the game plan consistently. Now, again, with all that said, should have been a better ball, should have been a catch, could have been a first down, could have been a really big play, but when it doesn't work out, hindsight being 2020, you give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. No doubt. And get the hell out of the way. So there was one underlying storyline that I thought emerged yesterday, but the big one is that the Jacksonville Jaguars absolutely choked. Now we called it. I think we all we all said the Titans were going to pull off the upset last week because you could you could sense that Jacksonville was running out of steam. They had lost what three or four in a row before they won last week with CJ Bethard against a uh, you know obviously Carolina who's who's awful they didn't score a point yesterday but the Jaguars choked away the AFC South they did they they blew one at least one season one good season under Trevor Lawrence who did not play well the last you talk about the last or at least Gardner Minshew hit hit Goodson in the hands yeah the last throw by Trevor Lawrence was atrocious I mean, threw, winged it over his, I think it was Evan Ingram, the yep. tight end. Yeah, he did. Ingram had a bad fumble. Yeah. They got stopped in the goal line once in Tennessee yesterday. But it shouldn't come down to having to win against the Titans to secure yeah. the AFC South. It shouldn't. It's terrible. And, and the Titans were a five-loss team, five-win team going into that game. Mm-hmm. Now, you shouldn't have, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be close, right? Those two teams, Jaguars were... The elite team should have been going into the season. Were the elite team going into that season? And then you notice this Houston Texans team is oh they they can go down to Jacksonville and win a game. And then you start to see just Jacksonville here and there falling apart. They have I, I thought they had everything that they needed. They got a good running back. They got great receivers, great tight end. Defensively, they they do a really good job. But for whatever reason, 
just the inability to get over that hump, which I, I think we talked about it on the Gridiron guys. They were not a team that I trusted pretty much all season. I, I don't know that Trevor Lawrence is that elite quarterback yet or if he will get to that point because it doesn't feel that way to me. When I watch him, it doesn't feel what they say about Lamar J. He's not quarterbacky. It doesn't feel elite <laughs> <laughs> when I'm watching Trevor Lawrence. He, yeah. He just doesn't feel elite just yet. Yeah, he's and not I don't taking over games. Be. Yeah. Is there any AFC team outside of the Ravens that you do have trust for? Oh, man. No. I don't. I no, don't have can, any trust. You can pick. It's like the NFC, too. You can you can find weaknesses. In everything. Significant weaknesses in every team, two through seven, in each conference. I would argue that the 49ers have weaknesses, too. Oh, yeah. It's fair, but at least I, they're they're the most complete team in the NFC. Yeah. And then from two to seven, you can, again, you can find legit weaknesses mm-hmm. in, in every the, single team. In the AFC, I don't know, man. Like, it's a weird year. Houston is going to beat Cleveland, I think. I actually think so, too. Now, last week we talked about Cleveland winning a game. In Jacksonville. I thought it was going to be in Jacksonville. Yeah. I like Houston. I like Houston as well. And, and so, it sounds crazy to think that other – I mean, obviously, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are the next team, but they've had so much, so much – so many issues all season long with the drops and, and the inability to take care of the football. It's just, it hasn't been great. Miami, I don't know what the hell that, I told you last week, Mike McDaniels, it's fun in games when you, hey, yeah, F you, Dan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about you win a game, sir? <laughs> all the fun goes out the window, man. Hard knocks. Oh, he's cool. If you don't win, you ain't cool. Nobody cares. Yeah. So he's got to figure out a way to win a game because they, they, have, they have taken some steps back. Mm-hmm. I still don't trust Buffalo. Obviously, don't trust Pittsburgh because what the hell? Who, who, <laughs> we're, we got Mason Rudolph starting. If I'm <laughs> the Houston Texans, may be the most consistent team based on the young quarterback and the, and the the type of game that they play. Well, that that was the other. I said there was one underlying storyline yesterday. I thought that it was and and over the weekends, I should say. I thought it was the the play of young quarterbacks. Yes, C.J. Stroud stepped up mm-hmm. in Indy. If they would have lost that game, it wouldn't have been his fault. He played fantastically. He's, he's a really good quarterback. And then yesterday, I know that he's not as young as C.J. Stroud, but he's he's young and inexperienced, and he's had a roller coaster year. But Jordan Love played very well yesterday in, against Chicago, too. With everything on the line, yeah. those two guys stepped up. With everything on the line, two with a pick to seal the game <sighs> last night. And Tyree Kill had some drops. We, we can we can talk about the, the issues that Miami had. You, special teams gave up. The punt return touch yep. on that that swung the entire yep. momentum of that game. But there was there was QBs that stepped up yesterday, and then there was quarterbacks that fell well short. And two of the guys that that did not step up, one's at home now in Trevor Lawrence, yeah. and the other one's going to have to go to frigid Arrowhead on Saturday night as opposed to hosting a game. How does that look? Not great. How, how, it, I love the matchup because I again I don't know who's going to catch a pass for Kansas City. I honestly do not, and, and I can tell you this with 100% certainty: if you had if you had problems catching passes in Week 12, or Week 6, or Week 4, or 8, 10, whatever it is, you are definitely going to have problems catching balls in the playoff because the the intensity, what it means, we all feel that it's a different level, it's a different beast once you get to the playoffs. It just I don't know what it is, but we all understand that it's different. Mm-hmm. And so if you had issues catching passes, then Good luck. Yeah, it's gonna be a long, long game for them. The playoff matchups are awesome. Yeah, awesome. they're good. 
I, I mean, I, there's a few where like like the Texans and the Browns, whatever. But like even that though, that's yeah, a good it, one, it'll though. be interesting. But yeah. it's not yeah. Dallas, Green Bay, Chiefs, Dolphins. You, you have Stafford going Stafford back, going to, back Detroit. to Detroit. I think that's awesome. All of a sudden, the Eagles. I I, I like Tampa in that game. I was. No. Ru- I think Tampa no. wins. Have you seen Jalen Hurts' finger? I did. It, it's it's going the wrong way. It's not great. So Philadelphia their team. did not look good here. <laughs> True. I mean, they they have completely collapsed. But you're right, Marsh. I like I like every single matchup. And and normally that first game on Wild Card Weekend is the one you can kind of you watch, but you throw it out. Yeah. Like the yeah. Cle- yeah. It's it's always it's always like the Raiders with a backup quarterback versus some AFC South team. Yeah. This one with Joe Flacco and the Browns playing as well. They have obviously C.J. Stroud and the Texans. I'm um, I'm definitely interested in that one. All right, national championship tonight. You got Washington and Michigan. It's a complete clash of, or it's a battle of strength on strength. But what wins out in the end? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber says. St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Tonight's a national championship between Washington and Michigan. I don't know about you guys, but I am fired up for tonight's game. And I think one of the reasons why I'm fired up for it is that you've got NFL talent on both sides. You don't know what's going to happen with Jim Harbaugh and Michael Penix Jr. has just had a special season. You, you're gonna, it's going to be interesting to see where he falls in the NFL draft. Yep. But I think the number one reason I'm looking forward to tonight's game is that you have a complete strength-on-strength matchup, Michigan's defense versus Washington's offense. And as soon as you say Washington hasn't seen a defense like the one it's going to face in Michigan tonight, you can flip it and say that Michigan has not faced an offense like Washington's and what Washington is going to bring tonight. Both are true. Right. So the question is, which style wins out in the end? Do you see Michael Penix Jr. in this offense continue to shine or does Michigan, with its defense and its ball control, time of possession offense, 
wind up winning this thing for the Wolverines. They are, Washington is a big play offense, right? And what they, they like to take chunks. They like to go throw the ball downfield. Penix has a great arm, big arm. You got great receivers that go catch balls, go high point the football, and, and they make plays. And so if you're a Michigan defense, you're aware of that. It's it's not a, a difficult task, but you just have to be locked in the entire game. And you know that play-action pass is going to come. Eventually that shot is going to come. But if you take care of your business, I don't think Michigan will have will give up those chunk plays. And and the, the thing about a great offense, eventually they're going to get it, right? But what do you limit them to after that? If, if you can get the guy on the ground, which preferably you do, and he doesn't take an 80-yard uh, catch for a touchdown, you can get him down, tackle him, and now force them to play – shorter on a shorter field which I think is harder for any offense once you get in the red zone you see offenses tend to struggle because it's just it it limits what you can do offensively in the playbook now you hold them to field goals if Michigan can hold them to field goals not allow too many big plays over their head run the ball offensively successfully I think Michigan wins this game and I don't think it it I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I know last week we talked about the under being, what was it, 55? 55 and a half. 55 and a half. I still think it's going to be under that because Michigan has that type of offense, that type of game, that type of mindset and philosophy. And so limit the big plays from from Washington. You're going to give up some, not too many, hopefully. Get the guy on the ground, force kicks, and then offensively take care of the football run the ball effectively, and do what you do and what you've been doing all season long. I think this game winds up being in the 20s, and that's it. I can 27-24. See, I could see 27-24 either way, yeah. quite frankly, which is why I, I, I would lean toward Washington. But the point spread has actually moved. It, it has it gone. dropped to three and a half now, right? It, it's up to five. Is it five? I thought, yeah. I'm looking at, I thought I had Went on. the other way. ESPN, it has it. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, it is five. Yeah. So it, it opened at four, and it has climbed up to five. It's still not a key number. Yeah. It can. It, so key numbers, obviously, three, six now mm-hmm. with with overtime, and you know the way that teams right. go for two a lot. Uh, three, six, seven, obviously key mm-hmm. numbers. Ten, key number. So unless it gets up to six, which it, which I highly doubt it right. will, it doesn't really matter if it bounces too much between four and five. But it is interesting that. A lot of a lot of people are lined up with Washington and with points, and they the odd the odds makers continue to move it up to five. That usually an indication that sharps are on on Michigan. But the other thing that I think is interesting here too is that hopefully Dylan Johnson's going to play. He's expected to play. That's a that that's that's a key component. You know for when that Washington team when Washington beat Oregon in the Pac-12 title game, mm-hmm. we all thought, or I at least I did, that Oregon would be the physical team. They'd be the yeah. one to take it to Washington. Yep. And Washington opened up in their very first drive and ran it right down Oregon's throats. And then it started to open up some of the other big plays. Right. I don't think Washington is incapable of running the football tonight. they got a big offensive line. They've done a great job of protecting Penix. Obviously, that Michigan front four has been dynamic. But I think they can run the ball to take some of the pressure off of the passing game and stay balanced. Well, here's the issue. We talked about Dylan Johnson. He got injured in that that Texas game, right? He he had been dealing with a foot injury. And one thing about being a running back and having a foot injury, that ankle injury is is different. Like you can – ankles, they hurt, right? It hurts to cut and plant. When you have a foot injury, it feels like everything hurts. And so I don't know what exactly the issue is. It, it looked to me when he got uh, – taken off the field at the end of that Texas game, like he's no way he's playing again. Yeah, There's no way. It it looked like it's probably 
maybe something where it's like a hairline fracture, it's almost broken, but it feels like it hurts like hell and you're just pushing through it. The question for me would be, is it worth it for him personally going forward? How much damage can you do? We know it's the biggest game of your career. Mm -hmm. Do you have aspirations of playing in the NFL? Will this impact that? It's a lot of things that come into question. And so if he's not playing or not playing up to his ability, which with a foot injury, I wouldn't expect him to. Now, he's going hey, – we talked about the, the the good stuff you get before games, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Hey, get a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of that. A little bit of help. Yeah, be good to, be good to go. But, but about uh, 1 a.m., that foot's going to feel like it's about three times the size that it is. Hey, 1 a.m., the game's over. <laughs> it is. It's game's like, over, Jim. Uh, yes. Jeez, I almost called Jamie. Jamie. Yeah, unbelievable. He, he's, he's the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. But, again, if he's not able to play – yeah. The next ball carrier that you have on that roster has 194 yards, 182 yards. Those guys haven't had as much success, haven't had as many opportunities. He's your bell cow. So Mm -hmm. if he's unable to play, it does change Washington's offense a lot. We are going to do our picks a little bit later on. We've got the pregame starting at 5.30 for Washington and Michigan in that national championship game, and we've got the game for you at 6.30. So we'll do our picks maybe about 5 o'clock. Speaking of which, though, we're going to bring back Bet the Board. So we've got four of us now, Carrie, Jamie, me, Marsh. And we used to do this when, when BT was a part of the show. We're Instead of going week to week, though, we're going to go for an entire month of picks. And we're going to start it today. We're going to have the same number of picks, all of us. You have an opportunity to draft one of us. You'll be attached to our picks for the, for the month. And then you'll have an opportunity to win a, an ESPN prize pack. If you finish last, though... Oh. If the host finishes last, <laughs> there will be a punishment. So we're gonna we're gonna do that. So if you would like to be the first contestant to draft one of us for bet the board for the for the rest of the month, obviously a little shorter, but the rest of the month of January, just text in bet the board to air the air comfort service tax line at three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six, and you'll have an opportunity to draft one of us for the for the month of January, and we'll do this each each hour until we have a complete team. Okay. So the Cardinals, not making moves. <laughs> making moves? It sounds like they're, they're not going to make moves. Yeah, At least not significant <laughs> ones. We'll tell you the latest next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN with Carrie Davis, Jamie Rivers, oh, and Anthony Salter. Yeah, you're Carrie. Who am I? You're Carrie. I don't know if you know this, Jamie, keep... but every time you, you're you not here, yeah. he looks at me and calls me Jamie. I go, Jamie. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> okay? I, I, could be, I could be called worse, right? You're the handsome <laughs> devil then, baby, right? You know. <laughs> there is a slight difference, though, between us, bit. Anthony. Not much. Not much. Carrie's beard is a little longer there than mine. There you go. Yep. Okay? That's, that's... And he has more hair on the top yep. of the head than I do. Other than that, that's, that's it. It's essentially that's it. the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twins, yeah. some Athletes. people say. Good, look, good looking dudes. <laughs> yep. Jamie, Carrie. <laughs> Got it. I'll get it at uh, some point. You would think with all the the amount of co- different co-hosts I've had uh, at, my, you know, t- at my tenure here at 101 yeah. ESPN, I'd be able to... 
She keeps you know, straight. Keep it straight, but yeah. apparently not. It's funny. John Denton, John Denton <laughs> tweeted out in the latest edition of the Cardinals Beat Newsletter, Cardinals President Bill DeWitt III shed some light on the parameters that will dictate whether his club adds more pitching to pieces to the rotation before the start of spring training. May sound good, but uh, in that piece, Bill DeWitt III told MLB.com recently that because of various financial uncertainties the club isn't likely to make any more moves this offseason that would significantly increase payroll barring a trade where the cards send out roughly the same amount of money that they're taking back the club's roster is close to being set for when pitchers and catchers report to spring training on february 12th yes the cardinals acted aggressively early in free agency by signing proven veteran pitchers but it would appear that they will not be increasing payroll to, mm. a, to a significant level. Mm. Again, this is all from John Denton at John Denton 555. So what the hell is Kyle Bloom going to do then? I mean, he likes to spend money. <laughs> well, the, the good news is... He's that, used to that Red Sox money. He's used to that. <laughs> hey, he started with Tampa, so he's used to that Rays money. That's a good point. And he got to Boston Maybe and he started shedding salaries. So <laughs> oh my. he actually fits in quite well. Anthony, I don't like your attitude right now. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, I did have a question because, <clears throat> correct me if I'm wrong, what is Kyle Bloom's, what is his official title? He's going to be, I believe, uh, assistant to the. He's No, he's going to be an advisor. Yeah. So you have advisor an advisor to the president of baseball operations. And then Yachty was hired as the special assistant. To the yeah. president of baseball operations, yeah. how much how much help do we do we need? I think if you want some, <laughs> if you want to bring in somebody, you just make a new title. Okay, I'm just yeah. wondering. I, I just want to know what the Cardinals the... have. To, listen, Carrie, the Cardinals have no shortage of titles that they can throw out there if they want to bring somebody in. All right, I mean, I'm just trying to figure out what exactly the roles are mm-hmm. and what the expectation is because if you're not going to spend money, if you're done settled and and you're going into spring training with this roster. You're not going to go and get anyone else in the in the pitching rotation or, or in the bullpen or anywhere else position players. What are we what are what are we looking forward to or what can we expect to see, you know, going into 2024? Yeah, so one way to look at it, a couple of different things is is the way I feel about it, Anthony, is you know, we always talk about increasing payroll, increasing payroll. But we also have talked about the Cardinals increasing payroll overall, not just the players. We talked about adding, you know, the pitching lab mm-hmm. and and maybe investing into uh, an extra coach or this. They're finally doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, Yachty, he's not coming on for free, and Yachty won't have any real say as far as the um, like president stuff. He's not going to be on the business side of this. Yachty's going to be a consultant for Ali Marmol and his staff in you know, dealing with pitchers, catchers, players, that kind of thing. Like, I don't see John Mozalock inviting Yachty in for a a meeting on how they're going to increase ticket sales. Correct. You know, so that being said. Win games. Win games. Okay. That's it. Mm -hmm. And Kyle Bloom, (laughs) you're bringing in another guy who has been, he's been in an organization in Tampa that made it work without the money. So maybe they're looking at it from that standpoint too is, hey, we can only, or we've only budgeted ourselves. Let me word this properly. We, the Cardinals, have only budgeted ourselves a certain number. How do we get the most out of what we have. Maybe mm-hmm. Kyle Bloom is able to help with that because in Tampa, that's what they had to do. Right. They had to squeeze the orange to get all the juice they could out of those players in order to be successful. So maybe they're doing this by 
adding these types of people? Because I don't think their salaries impact what they'd pay for a baseball player. Like I don't think right. Yachty and Kyle Bloom are going to be enough to be like, well, there's a there's a starting pitcher we could have had. No, right. It, it, to me, it's it's all about Kyle Bloom. To me, is about looking at what you currently have within the farm system and what's on the roster, having an understanding of what else is out there, and then making sure that you're bringing in the right players. Yachty is about the development of the players that are currently on the roster, Okay, just like any other coach or any other person that's helping out in spring training. That's how I look at it. You don't have to spend big to be competitive in baseball. It certainly helps. Look at the Rangers. But it's about bringing in the right players. We we talk a lot about spending and having that equate to whether or not your team is trying. That's what it means to a fan. If you're spending, if my team is spending, my team is trying. That is is like the basic, right? But it's not about spending. It's about spending on the right players. So if the Cardinals don't want to spend a dollar more, fine. You better develop the players that you have, though. You better bring in... You better make shrewd moves at the deadline to bring in better players because you haven't done that consistently mm. enough. This is why you're in this spot. For me, it's more about the development, though. It, it, I mean, you make it to the big leagues. You obviously were one of the best of the best to, to be able to – that you played against or competed against. But how do you get that player to be the best version of themselves? And how do you get the best out of them? Look at Jordan Walker last year. The fact that he struggled mightily in, in right field at times. Like that's development. That comes with reps and opportunities, but that's the development leading up to that point. Now he got much better mm-hmm. as the season went along. But I think sometimes when I'm there are so many, I guess, different philosophies, so many different mindsets. I've heard Albert Pujols and Alex Rodriguez say they didn't give a damn about launch angle. Those guys got a lot of home runs between the two of them. And so now you're telling Jordan Walker you need to be sent down because you don't have a great launch angle. If two of the best hitters that have ever hit a ball say they didn't never worry about launch angle, I'm probably going to listen to them as opposed to other people. I know. I understand that that's, that's the development part of it, though. I think that's the main issue that the Cardinals had last season is they had players here not playing in the same position so you don't get developed in that way because you're in a different spot every single day or every other day, Mm. and you're not working or getting to those opportunities enough. The more times you play a different position, the less times you get better at the position that you're really going to be playing. And so for me, it's more about the development of these players and how well this Cardinals staff can get these players to be better, both pitching staff, infielders, outfielders, everyone, (laughs) catcher, everyone, catcher, yeah, just Miles Michaelis had some things to say about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I get into that later. We, we gonna yeah, because I like Wilson and these the, the damn pitchers. Like I said, they, Miles Michaelis had bus. some things to say. Wow. They're gonna clear some things up oh, a little yeah. bit. Let's do it. Well, but, the pitchers, I mean, they're starts with them, well, right? It, I Finally, we're hearing that. So he, yeah, I, 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 the whole philosophy I had on that yeah is that pitching staff. So when you we all have been in been a part of group projects at some point, right? And you have the A student. I like the A student. You know why? Because the A student tells you, hey, don't worry about it. Go home. I got it. You don't have to do anything. What? I'm good. Come on, Kerry. Is that why they? That's, that's what? what they told me. The they A student said, hey, don't worry about it. You got it. And so that's what Yadier Molina was. Well, he was the A student. The University of Illinois. Yeah, yeah, right. what okay. I, allegedly. I, 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 wrote, I was there. I was there. Oh, I am all right. <laughs> I and I. Work smarter, not harder. That's what we learned. And so Yadier was the, was the A student. For that pitching staff. They didn't have to show up to the group project. They just said, hey, you do it. 
Mm-hmm. You tell me what the answer is, I'll throw the pitch. And now you get another student who's maybe not be an A-plus student at his position in Wilson Contreras, and now we all have to pitch in. And they didn't pitch in. They wanted the A student to do all of the work, and that's part of the reason why that staff, in my opinion, struggled last year because they all needed to do the work, mm. and they all were accustomed to one student doing it. Well, Yadier. They, listen, they pitched they in. Spoiled. They pitched they in, spoiled. but Contreras was often set up outside. and then you know, and they, a, That was weird that how was Contreras yeah. said, listen, I'm going to set up outside, but I want you to pitch it straight down the middle or inside, please. Right. Yeah. I They're, want you to hang that curveball, okay? Mm-hmm. Please, even though I'm down and away. So a family and uh, their kids out in the bleachers <laughs> looking for a souvenir. I saw the one pitch that that stuck in my brain that, like, infuriated me. It was against the Giants last year, and Wilson literally had his butt on the ground, <laughs> literally sitting on the ground, telling the pitcher, you can bounce it up here if you want to. I want this pitch as low as possible. Where do you think that pitch was? Oh, Hanging over the middle of the plate. Where did yep. that pitch go? Oh, I think it was Sable dead, that hit it for the game-winning yeah. home run, and mm. it was out of there. Still hasn't landed. It's still no. out. Hey, how do you blame him? That's crazy. Yeah. All right, it's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We'll have our first Bet the Board draft selection, and then we're going to get back into the Blues here. How can the Blues sustain this level of play? Jamie's got some thoughts on that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fast Lane on 101 ESPN 303. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Kerry Davis. I'm Anthony Soldier. Before we dive back into the Blues and how they can sustain this level of play, we've got our first Bet the Board contestant on the line right now. He goes by Lone Marlins fan on the Air Comfort Service text line. So we welcome in Lone Marlins fan. What's going on? Not too much. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. Welcome to the show. We appreciate it. Congratulations. You got the first pick. So how this is going to work is at the end of each show, we are going to give a betting selection. There's rules for it, and you don't really need to know all the rules in terms of what the play is going to be. All you need to do is draft one of us. You'll be with us all month. So this is a shortened month, so just throughout January. If you win, you'll get an ESPN prize pack. If you lose, well, you can... Listen to one of the, one of the hosts that you choose get punished if they finish last. So if, if you ain't first, you're last. That's it. Uh, so who would you like to take for the the rest of January? Andrew Marsh, Kerry Davis, Jamie Rivers, or me? Well, I'm gonna have to go with my man Jamie Rivers. Yeah, right. Marlins man, let's go, baby. We'll start off strong. Let's go, Jamie. All right, I got you. Don't you worry. I got faith. All right, there you, you go. You got Jamie Rivers. Yeah, at least so. we got one of them. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so you'll you'll be attached to all Jamie's picks each and every show. Sound good? All right, that sounds good. I would have went with Kerry Davis, but if he's going to go Steelers, that's already run wild. So. Well, I, oh, wow. Again, I'm you're glad you didn't because I'm going Steelers, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Something to keep in mind. All right, uh, Lone Marlins fan, thanks for playing. Right on. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. All right. It's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We'll have three more people join us throughout the course of the show today. We used to do this week to week, winners week to week, but we figure we'll go a whole month. We'll sweeten the, uh, the, the pot a little bit when it comes to the prize pack, and then we'll also attach whoever finishes last. They'll face some sort of punishment. Yeah, we'll figure that out. We're we still gonna... have some uh, punishments to, to 
pass out due to to no i checked but i think you all finished last a couple of times and no i think are due for some payment no, it's time. I think, BT I think so. said he took my shots for me. I don't no, think BT did. He did not. Nope. <laughs> so, so, Marsh, Jamie, you're going to be facing some punishment. Uh, Jamie, you also lost the Waffle House Challenge. Oh, that's <laughs> Which is still like, awesome. so, so mind-boggling. Yes. So mind-boggling. I'm so glad our teams were bad these past few weeks. They certainly okay. were, Marsh. Can I let you in on a little something? Okay. Is... Uh, well, one, I knew the Vikings game was over almost the moment it started. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And then I, uh, no, that's not true. The yeah, Falcons, what are you, talking about? Yeah. you know what, Andrew, just settle down. The Falcons <laughs> game mm-hmm. was over. Like, I was like, okay, this is stupid. Well, they were winning at some point. Yeah. They, they were, were winning. Like the first, the first were, three first minutes, quarter. first Correct. five minutes. So then yeah. I was at a hockey game yesterday afternoon. My girlfriend's son, Reed, had a hockey game out at Afton. Wonderful facility. Great bacon, egg, and cheese sandwiches. Oh, old Afton ice complex. I was glued to my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching the game, and I had the Vikings... <laughs> And I'm like, and they were marching down 30 20. They're marching, marching, interception, son of a. People are like, what's wrong with that guy? Yeah, he's going to have to eat a lot of waffles. Uh, we'll figure it, we'll figure that out. We, we're, we're arranging to, uh, to have Jamie have his punishment for that. I do feel somewhat bad for you because oh, yeah. this can't was, imagine why. This is all started by me. <laughs> And then the 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 flames uh, you were ignited because of Marsh, and yeah. then you were just an innocent bystander. I wasn't even here when you guys made the decision. I wasn't even here the day on the air where you guys were like, "And if we tie, Jamie will have to do it." No, we were down at Centene. Mm. Yeah, I don't you... think I was there. Oh, you were there. No way. Yeah. I would I would have said no. I would have said, no, don't drag me into your crap. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he was I don't here. Know. I don't know you how know we got dragged. Yeah, in. it kind of sucks. Either way, yeah, <laughs> sucks for you. <laughs> kind of sucks, eh? Yeah, we'll see, Marshy. I'll tell you, who oh. does. I'll tell you, who don't suck. The Blues, huh? That's a win over the weekend. Two one over the the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So, Jamie, how do they sustain this level of play? Like, what's most what's most important? I know there's there's several different factors here, but the way that they have played played over the last ten games, what is the key component for them sustaining this now? For me, it's a commitment to playing a full sixty minutes. Like, I think that's the biggest problem that the Blues have had in the last you know last season, and then at times this season is just showing up one game looking like a team that could play in the playoffs, and showing up the next game and looking like a team that shouldn't be in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to those guys at all because, look, I know how hard it is to play day in and day out, but it's also your job to show up and compete every single day. And they just weren't. And the players know this. You ask them to a man and they'll, they'll tell you that it was inconsistent. They didn't have the you know, game-to-game performances that they needed. And defensively, last year things were tough. This year they've done a much better job of identifying that and trying to play better defensively. The power play has struggled this year. But for me, it's playing the 60 minutes. And for these guys to continue to give that effort out there. And that's what you notice. I mean, that's what I notice, especially playing against some of these teams that are just faster. Like the Vancouver Canucks, to a man, are faster. The Carolina Hurricanes are faster. Like you have a lot of teams that just have a team that's built for a little bit more speed, but the Blues are competing. They're checking very well. And the one thing that I noticed big time in the Vancouver game and then later on in the Carolina game is their puck management has gotten so much better. They're not looking for that east-west pass. 
that gets picked off in the neutral zone. They're not looking for those cute little plays. They still happen. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. They still happen. There's probably still a few too many in the Carolina game. But when the game was on the line, when the, the clock was ticking down, you saw a lot more high flips to the neutral zone, off the wall to your forward cutting through, dumping it in the corner, getting in on the forecheck. In, against Vancouver in particular, is getting the pucks behind the defenseman, going and getting it. Jake Neighbors had a great one late in the third period. He had the puck, had some skating room. He got swarmed by three Vancouver Canucks. Torpchenko was out there. He could have made a play. He just advanced the puck. Torpchenko got in on the forecheck, kept him in the zone for like four, five, six seconds. And like That's the stuff right. that matters. So for me, it's it's consistency and recognition out there yeah. as far as like not turning the puck over the way they had been before. Absolutely. I was going to ask, the, everything looks better with the exception of the power play. Still trying to figure... About, hey, did you see the way they passed around the other night? Did they? Did they, did they <laughs> I think the objective <laughs> is to put it in the net. I, I don't know. Yeah. Good passes are great. So what's happening now, Kerry, is teams are... They know it, right? Yeah. And teams know that there's a stress factor that surrounds this power play. Of course there is. So what do they do? They pressure the you-know-what out of the power play. The, the Blues can't breathe out there because mm. teams are like, go, 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 go. And it's hard to, to settle it down and to make a clean play. So for And the Blues the other night against the Hurricanes, there was a slight refusal to put the puck in deep and go get it. They wanted to enter the zone clean, which yeah. all that means is with the puck, full yeah. control, set up. and yeah, Nobody's going to let you do that because they don't fear your power play mm-hmm. at all. So what are you going to do? You pressure. And these guys are going to pressure at the blue lines every time. And they're, if you refuse to put the puck in, they're going to just get the puck on a turnover or they'll have a battle down low and right. they'll zip it down the ice. So the Blues now, for me, they have to simplify things and, and move with speed through the neutral zone. And if the play is not there, if you don't have a window of seven or eight feet inside the blue line to gain the zone, you need to keep that speed going and move the puck in down low and go get it and then change puck side. Yeah. So the moment you change puck side, what happens to the penalty kill is you go from this shrunken down little box or diamond that they have on one side of the ice, because that's what the penalty kill wants to do, is they want to cut the ice in half mm-hmm. and then outnumber you on that side of the ice. Well, as soon as you change puck side, their diamond has to expand. It has to expand. So now there's seams to pass the puck. Guys are available in the middle of the ice. Defensemen are available up high. And then once you spread it out and you move a couple of passes around executing properly, they have to settle down. They can't just charge at you. It'd be like, I don't know what you'd say in football what the comparable would be, but it'd basically be like where the offense knows exactly what the defense is going to do and you have to sit back. It's like a blitz. Like if you know where they're blitzing from and where to attack, the ball should be thrown there. So there you go. Yeah. It's the same concept, and that's what the Blues have to do is just simplify it, move the puck, but then they have to move it quick, and they have to move it tape to tape. The key is not moving it 10, 20, 30 feet at a time or the cross-ice passes for the backdoor tap-in. The key is moving it five or six feet at a time, but quickly, on your stick, off your stick, on your stick, off your stick. Their defensive players then have to move. And, Anthony, we've talked about this before. The more you can do that, even if you just play catch with a guy, like three, four passes and move it back over to this side, this guy has to adjust. He's doing little stops and starts and stops and starts. That tires him out. So eventually what happens is you get lazy or you get tired Mm -hmm. and your stick drags in the wrong spot for a split second or you're not quick enough to take away the passing lane and that's boom that's when you pounce right that's when you capitalize you got it but you have to take advantage of it you got to take advantage of it. Yeah. you got to shoot the puck too mm-hmm. so yeah the power play has been the 
biggest challenge for this team this year, and you know, they, they, all they can do is just keep trying to work at it. Yeah, I think you just the the time in the offensive zone when they do have the power play, it doesn't look like it's. But you hit the nail on the head; they're not getting in there deep enough to and to make some things happen. Too. Yeah. So that's another thing I don't like is they're stagnant. You watch some of the best power plays, and they got the players like interchanging mm-hmm. all over the ice. You watch the Avalanche; Kale McCarr's down below the net, Nathan McKinnon's up high. You know, like they've yeah. got guys everywhere. For me, when the Blues finally get set up, make a couple of those passes and then get some guys in motion. Yeah. Guys in motion force the other team to either go with you or at least, if nothing else, respect that, hey, this movement here, what, what are these guys doing? Yeah. And then when you get that movement, you'll find seams, mm-hmm. either passing lanes or shooting lanes. We'll find out more tomorrow night. There's a Blues take on the Panthers. You can listen to it right here. Pre-game starting at 6 o'clock on 101 ESPN. We'll have the game for you on the Blues Radio Network. NFL Week 18, what questions were answered yesterday? We'll get into that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So what questions were answered in Week 18? Well, Kerry, you and I talked about it earlier. We, we we got the answer in the AFC South. The Jaguars completed their choke. Yeah, they, they crumbled. Opened the door for Houston. Houston was the more exciting team virtually all season long. Yeah. And they started off with a, with a rough loss in Baltimore, although that certainly looks a heck of a lot better now with Baltimore earning the number one seed. But Houston, C.J. Stroud, that was the more exciting team. How about Nico Collins going going off from the first throw yes. that C.J. Stroud made to his final catch? I think he had over, what, 170-something yards. Houston punched its ticket by winning the South, but Jacksonville, I mean, look, it coincided with Jacksonville choking. What other questions do you think were you guys think were answered? You know, I'm looking at the just I don't know <laughs> I don't know that the the Buffalo Bills question is answered. I don't know that the Miami Dolphins question is answered. There are, I think more questions weren't answered than those that were. Um just because of the Philadelphia Eagles. Maybe you say the Dallas Cowboys, but they did what they were supposed to do against the Washington Commanders, mm-hmm. right? They were supposed to win that game. Um it, it's a it's going to be an interesting playoff because it, there are so many questions that are still I think presented. The Lions, I don't know Sam Laporta is is got injured in that game, and, yeah. and so you have AJ Brown got injured. That's why I say I think there are more questions going into the playoffs for certain teams than answers. Now there aren't many questions for uh, Baltimore or for San Francisco. I, I think those questions have been answered all season long, but when you're looking at all of these other teams. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers is, is. Uh, do you have any questions there? You, you still, Why would you have questions there, Kerry? Uh, it's a shaky bakey, right? Uh, it, there's another gritty performance, though. Yes, it yeah, was that old nine nothing victory. Nine to zero. He, nine to zero. Did, they he, were he, battling he, versus the worst team in the NFL. In the middle. Of the- hang on, hang on. <laughs> Who's about to defend Baker Mayfield? Let's let this take yeah, this yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You should really because I typically 137 yeah. yards he passed for. I'm not. I'm not a were. Baker. I'm well, not a Kerry. Baker guy. He was limping midway through the second quarter. He's got no running game at all. I think that Baker Mayfield did everything. Everything he could. He did everything that uh, the other quarterbacks in the NFC South didn't throughout the course of the year. He was. He was consistent. 
He he didn't put up he didn't put up big big time numbers. But if anybody was expecting Baker Mayfield to put up big time numbers, I don't know what you've been watching of late. I thought that that was a pretty you know gritty and gutty performance by him. He was banged up. He could barely move, but when they needed a first down, he got it. When he needed you know to make to make a throw, he he made a throw. So you know, it's in it's in Carolina. It's, it shouldn't have been that that difficult, but should have been whatever. So he won. <laughs> who plays? Who who is it? Philly and Tampa that play. Yeah. Yes. Okay. On Monday so night. Here's something I saw last night that I found to be intriguing because I really hadn't been paying attention, but it grabbed my attention when I saw it. In the last six games, do you know what the fill it out without looking? What's the Eagles' record in the last six games? Two and four. Anthony? Or, or one and five, two. Ah, uh, they they had wins against Kansas City, uh-huh. and they had wins. They had a win against Buffalo, but I can't remember if that was the last six. Uh, I'll say two and four, like Kerry. One and five. That's what I thought. Now, now, <laughs> now, Buccaneers record in the last six. Five and one. Five and one. Eh. There's something to it though, Kerry. Come on. Yeah. The, the, when the team is heading in the wrong direction, sometimes it's hard to pull that bus back on the tracks. The the Buccaneers played the Falcons, the Packers, the Jags, the Saints, and the Panthers. Hey, they beat the teams who were on their schedule. They did. How about the Eagles? Though? Look at the, one some of those of teams. Losses. Only one of those teams are in the playoffs. Now, I understand, but you have a team. But we're Think not talking about a team. I'm not talking I, I about. I understand, like, but it, <laughs> we're not talking about who's the better team. No, no, no. I'm just saying who the might competition be in the they moment, play. though. I still think Philadelphia is the better team. They're favorite. Even There's on no the doubt. road. Yeah. Now, A.J. Brown left that game with an injury. Devontae Smith Jaylen hurt his Hurts. ankle the week before. Jalen Hurts finger. got a finger that is mm, gnarled and doing something that it's not supposed to do. I, I don't know if they're healthy enough. They are having a, a real Super Bowl hangover from what they had. From from the team that they had last year, they, they have kind of collapsed here down the stretch, which no one expected. They were supposed to win that division with ease, and here they are not winning the division and letting the Cowboys take it over. That's kind of where I'm headed with it. Yeah. They're going to lose at Raymond James next Monday. You think they're going yes. to lose to the Buccaneers? Yes. Come to the dark side. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you two them are cannons. your own there. I don't think. I don't think. Uh, despite uh, all of those injuries. <laughs> the Buccaneers scored. They just... Hey, all they need is nine points. This is, this is not against. This is not about the Bucks. This is about the Eagles. The Eagles are banged up. The Eagles' secondary is terrible. Mike, Ev- this is actually a pretty rough matchup for them. Their sad. Their corners are not good. You got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin now that they have to. I mean, Kate Odden is a decent tight end. This is a bad matchup. If if the if it was reversed and you could run on Philly, which you can now, by the way, but if you could run on Philly. But the secondary is shut down. I would say there's no way. Tampa can't run the football. But I think that this is a tough, tougher draw right now than it was a couple of weeks ago. The Eagles are banged up. Tampa's not. Tampa actually has gotten healthier. They, they went through their injuries earlier in the month. I think that this is a rough matchup, and Tampa's going to pull off the upset. Wow. Eh? That's surprising. Huh? Calling it now. I wasn't really going there. he knows. There. I'm not a Bucs fan. I'm not a no. Baker fan. No, yeah. you're neither, which is surprising to me. That is surprising. Yeah. I, I still think Philadelphia, we got to see what the injury report looks like with those two wide receivers, obviously. If they run the football and make that decision, the, the, the secondary, I think, is really no different from what it's been over past years. The thing that's different is their inability to get to the quarterback. They didn't have to blitz last year and got to the quarterback often. 
They're a year older. They're not making as many plays up front on that defensive line, which is costing that back in and, and really putting them in a bad place. Now you got to do your job. But if the quarterback has more time to sit back there and not be disrupted and throw the football, doesn't matter who you have back there, he's going to get beat from time to time because there's no pressure in his face. And that's what the Philadelphia Eagles are struggling with. They're not getting any pressure up front. They're not running the ball well enough. And now they're leaning on – Jalen Hurts throwing the ball to A.J. Brown because he's complaining the most and you got to get him the ball 18 to 15 targets a game. And so that's, to me, what their issue is. A.J. Brown may be injured. Now you probably would see the best version of the Philadelphia Eagles if he's unable to play. I'm pretty sure he will. Sounds crazy, right? No, I get it. But the fact that you should run the football – you want him there because you need to throw a guy, throw the ball to a guy. You want to throw it to him, mm-hmm. but they need to run the football and run it heavily and defensively get after the quarterback. And uh, I don't think that the Buccaneers puts much fear in me in terms of that. So th- this was, I thought this was going to be a pretty active Black Monday in the NFL with a with a bunch of coaches being fired. Instead, just two from from last night. Yeah. So last night the Falcons fired Arthur Smith. And the commanders fired Ron Rivera. <laughs> what a dope. <laughs> what a dope. He's your favorite. As soon as he... He was st- so mad. What a donkey. Your team scored 0.0 points in the second half. Man. You got rolled. And then you're you're upset because the Saints punch one in on you. First of all, they're big rivals. Second of all, Dennis Allen called... For victory <laughs> formation, Jameis Winston said, "Screw that noise! Let's get." He couldn't see the signal. Let's get Jamal Williams. Yeah, you know, you got the contacts and the lace. Remember that? And, and didn't hear it either. I know right. he, he said, said something. <laughs> victory, score the victory. Okay, you got gotcha. well, you. They even said too. Some of the Falcons' d- defensive linemen were like, "Hey, are you kneeling?" And the Bucks didn't say anything, which yeah. would have been another indication. Yeah. Like, or Saints, thank yeah. you. Uh, the Saints didn't, the, the offensive lineman didn't say anything. So that yeah. would have been another indication. I had no problem with the Saints. Play to the end of the Zero. game, man. Exactly. Sorry. Tyron Matthew almost put it in on a pick six. So what's I, Arthur Smith streaking across the field, being upset? You should be ticked off at yourself, man. You had the easiest schedule in Listen. the NFL. You danced or you, you didn't want Lamar. Apparently, no, you didn't want some of these Desmond other guys. Ritter. You had Desmond Ritter, you, had, you signed Taylor Heineke, yeah. and then you played the game where it's like, all right, we're going to stick with Ritter. No, we're not. Just kidding. We're going to go with Heineke. Then, oh, no, we're going back to Ritter. You, you, you sealed your fate, man. Yeah, and easiest schedule in the NFL. Seven and ten, seven three and ten. years in a row. Yeah, just not a not a good product that the that the Falcons put on the field. And they have that's a they good have roster. talent. Exactly, they, they have enough talent. Boys. Yes, they do. They got to find a quarterback. De- they need yes. a quarterback for sure, and they need leadership. I agree. And there's been a a rumor here, we're looking through some of these things, that the Falcons, uh, it's been rumored that the Falcons have potentially asked for permission to talk to Bill Belichick. Well, that'd oh, be nice. That's going to be bad. Why is that going to be bad? You think, you, you, who the, who's the quarterback, Anthony? We'll get Bailey Zappi. He okay. looked good yesterday. Yep, there you go. Problem <laughs> <laughs> <I was> solved. <laughs> Here's the good thing. Here's the good thing. You can't get any worse than That's what true. you had you at quarterback. You actually can. You can. Not really. Uh, better worse than what they had at quarterback. I'm talking, yes. I thought you meant in terms of record. No, I'm talking the Patriots about had a worse at, record this year. I'm talking about at quarterback. You can't get any worse than two guys. Can you not? Did you see Ritter fumble the they ball when terrible. nobody was around him yesterday? They, are, they fell on the good. ground. They aren't good. I don't think you can get worse. You could stay parallel by bringing somebody that's not good. I don't yeah. know if you get worse. <sighs> it's tough, kid. Good luck, man. I'm sorry. It's just gone down. Oh, it's here. my down. It's it's my lot in life with the Falcons. 
Be downhill. It's always been downhill. Every no, once in a while, you have this no. peak. You all were in a Super Bowl. We were up too. Yeah. I think they won it. I turned yeah, you, it off. You turned it off. I turned it off at, uh, in the third quarter. I said, Ah, they got it. Wouldn't that be poetic though? That Belichick now becomes the coach. Oh man! Here's how I did it, guys. He brings Brady out of retirement. We're getting the band back together. That would be incredible. All right, it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Does this game tonight in the College Football National Championship, does it does it change the landscape at all in college football? Marsh had mentioned that this is the first time in how many years that you don't have two or one SEC team in it. Will it change the landscape in college football? We'll talk about it next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So before we get into the national championship and whether or not this game is going to have a kind of an impact moving forward on the college football landscape, let's bring on Tim. Tim is the second contestant for our Bet the Board for January. Uh, Tim, first of all, welcome in. Thanks for playing. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Uh, how are you guys doing today? We're doing great. Pretty good, Wonderful. bud. So, Tim, you're going to be, whoever you draft, you're going to be with that host for the rest of January, so whoever they pick, you're, that, that's going to be your plays. And if uh, if they wind up winning, then you're going to win a one-on-one ESPN prize pack. Now, Jamie's off the board. So would you like to yeah. have Carrie, Marsh, or me? Now, I've given this a lot of thought. and Good man. I remember you having a lot of penalties throughout the this past year. And Carrie, no offense, is the new guy on the board, so I'm going to go with Andrew Marsh. Wow. Yeah. Marsh. All right. Let's so go. Tim has Marsh. All right. So you and Marsh are linked through the month of January. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, good luck to you. Good Let's luck. go, Tim. Good luck to you, Tim. Marsh is excited. <laughs> we got this. Yes, we do. <laughs> See you, Tim. Good luck. Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye. Thanks. I, I didn't. No, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't nah, I, maybe he's talking about you guys getting shot all the time. Or, well, not you. What do you mean, you, you guys? Hey, I, in case we forgot. I finished second to you. Uh, you finished second to who? You. All right. Congratulations, yeah, by you, the way. You just don't have to finish last every week. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> I just, you don't have to be faster than the bear. You just, you just have to be, be faster fast. than your buddy. <laughs> That's exactly right. It's just logical. Uh, all right, so we'll have two more We'll have two more contestants on to uh, the, the next person. will have an opportunity to draft either me or Carrie, and then the last person will just be stuck with the other person. <laughs> But it'll be fun nonetheless. Uh, so that's that's Bet the Board, which is coming up at 5.15 today because we are off early for the national championship. The pregame's at 5.30, Washington and Michigan. Marsh brought up before you know our pre-show meeting talking about how there's not an SEC team. Could we see recruits flock to Michigan and Washington and the Big Ten since both these teams mm-hmm. are going to be in the Big Ten next year? Washington moving, of course, from the Pac-12 to the, the Big Ten Conference. I think you see that anyways. You know, Clemson, when Clemson came about, Clemson got better at recruiting. When Georgia started to appear in the national championship, the, they, the recruiting got stronger. Right. I think that's natural. My question is, will this, change, this game change the landscape of college football moving forward? In terms of in just terms how... Of the, the the elite teams, mm-hmm. will we see... You know, because, when, again, when Clemson came about, Clemson had a pretty good run. Do you see... 
Michigan, or really Washington, because Michigan Michigan's now been in the playoffs. Yeah. But do you see Washington make being able to sustain a run? Well, I think just the fact that they they that Washington and Oregon are moving to the Big Ten, I think that's a a great you know a, a big thing for both of those those teams because it's going to change their not that Oregon or Washington have trouble recruiting because they. They go nationally. They can go anywhere they want to to get kids. But I think it just changes the landscape of what college football looks like. And for me, seeing this game, the best part about this for me, the best part about tonight is that it's the last one where there's only four teams in. You're going to have more teams in next year. You're going to have more opportunities, and you're going to have a more expanded field, which I think is the best thing for college football. When you look at FCS football, when you look at Division II football, they have college football playoffs, and it actually is fun to watch. There's an opportunity for many teams to win. Now, normally the best teams are going to win, but there's an opportunity for multiple teams to be in and have a chance. And so what this this college football landscape with the transfer portal and all of the things that are going on and the expansion of the college football playoffs – it's just going to bring more attention to what college football is and, and make it a make it even bigger than what it already is. How much is this really going to affect the Big Ten? I'm looking at the Big Ten, and it's always been a two-headed monster for the most part. You get some outliers. Yeah. Reset, but mm-hmm. They had an Iowa every now and then. Every now and yeah. then. But Wisconsin. for the most part, yeah. especially recently, it's Michigan, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. It's this, you know, this back and forth of whoever wins that game, you know. Yeah. Right. But now you got some heavy hitters joining the fray here. I think I think with that with with all of our conference realignments that that we're seeing, of course, Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC as we've talked about Washington and Oregon I don't know if that 10. impacts the SEC as much as these teams joining the Big 10. You're right. I think now it's though these two teams maybe make the conference even more top yeah. heavy uh just or expand the top. But when it comes to the the playoff fields, I don't think I think this is the last year that we're going to see uh, and it's not even this this special. I think la- with Georgia losing, I-, I think that we're not going we're not going to see like the dynasties in college football. I don't think we're going to have we're going to see the sustained run. And the reason for that is because you have now multiple playoff games where anything could happen. Yeah. If you have a semifinal game in the national championship, okay. If you have to win multiple playoff games in order to get in. There's just more things. It's football. There's just yeah. more things that could go wrong. Injuries. Injuries. The best yeah. team. The best team that you know, you get a matchup. It's one game. We're not right. talking about a series here. Right. So, I don't think we're going to see what we saw with Alabama or Clemson for a little while or Georgia recently. I don't think we're going to see a lot of multi uh, multi year champions. I hope it does do that. I hope there is there are more opportunities. I mean, even the group of five teams. I, we we often talk about Big Ten, SEC, you know, Pac twelve, AC, but we don't the, like the 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 TC, not the TCU, but the Cincinnati's of the world when they had their opportunity a few years ago. I want to see more teams. The the what was it, Florida? Atlantic, not not Florida Atlantic. What team was it down in Florida that claimed themselves as UCF. Yeah, Central UCF. Florida. Yeah. A few years ago. Like they having beat, they beat Auburn in the uh, in the in, in the whatever bowl. Whatever bowl it was. Those games mean a lot to people. You have Boise State that beat Oklahoma a few years back where no way in the world Boise State beats beats Oklahoma, but they did. That's what makes football fun. That's what, in March, that's what gets you excited about the tournament because any team has a chance in a one-game scenario Mm -hmm. to play their best game versus a team that is not playing their best game. And so... It's a little different in football because you got big guys up front and the other team doesn't. It usually goes that way. Mm-hmm. But there's still that opportunity there. So I'm, I'm excited about 
the opportunity for more teams to have a chance to actually win a national championship. I'm with you on that. We've got the Sports 6 back coming up. So 314-399-9646 is the Air Comfort Service text line. Again, 314-399-9646 the Air Comfort Service text line. Text in your questions. We'll do our Sports 6 back next in the Fast Lane. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is now. With Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter, here's Andrew Marsh with your questions for the sports six pack. Question number one. All right, gentlemen, from the 618, why in the world would the Cardinals hire Kime Bloom? The guy single-handedly destroyed the Red Sox. Well, what were his mission? Like, what was what was his instructions? I don't think his instructions were to just. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think that was. You're right, Jamie. I don't think that was it either. What, <laughs> when you hire, yeah. Come on in. Hey, Kime, ruin this for Here's us. Here's a stick of dynamite. <laughs> Do your thing. Want to take this in a different direction? Uh, major league style. All right, why don't you go ahead and blow this thing up? No, when when you hire somebody from Tampa Bay, though, I, I can't imagine that the idea is to spend spend like you did with Dave Dombrowski. The idea was to bring in Kyle Bloom to build a farm system that could complement the spending ability to Boston. It just didn't happen. He had the, you know he had the COVID year. If you throw that one out, twenty twenty one was good. 2022 and 2023 weren't weren't the Mookie Betts deal was not great and he kind of knew it at the time they did not bring back Xander Bogarts because they they paid a lot of money to Raphael Devers and some of the moves that he made just just didn't pan out but the idea was to him to to replenish the farm system just like he did in Tampa I don't think it was a disastrous job and look anybody that you hire that had a job previously more times than not he was he was fired he was let go so can you look past that and hire him for a role that you need that he can handle? So I think Kyle Bloom bringing him in, it's another set of eyes. Somebody else outside of John Mosellock that knows rosters around the league and somebody that can take a look at your roster and your farm system and do an internal audit. I think it's a good move. Yeah, for me, I think it's a great move. A great, maybe that's a strong word. I'm just a big believer in expanding your staff. Mm-hmm. I'm a big believer in people being held accountable. And I'm not saying that Kyle Bloom is going to hold John Mosellock accountable like I'm watching you. That's not at all what I mean. But being held accountable can be in the simple fact that now the processes going that you go through have one more layer of approval. Sure. Have one more layer of suggestion mm-hmm. or thought on it. So now instead of John Mosellock and Michael Gersh just making a decision. I know there's usually more than that, and DeWitts are involved. But you got one more guy who can offer an opinion uh, out of experience, whether the experience was good or whether it blew up in his face the last time or whatever it is. You got another brain in the organization to bounce something off of it. Right. I'm here for it. I mean, I think all of that is well and good. I think it's awesome to have more more people with more ideas. But at the end of the day, if you aren't going to spend money correctly, 
doesn't matter. But maybe right? he's there to help with that carry. I, maybe. Maybe, but, but right? How many, how many championships has he won? Well, that, I, yeah, I... How many? Right. 15 years in, in Tampa, they went to one World Series. But it's a went miracle to the that they five did. Times. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> it is. It, it is. How many championships did they win but in But how many in good Boston? young players have they found? That's that's great. That, that it, It's wonderful. But if it doesn't translate to championships. But it couldn't like, in Tampa, Kerry. It, could. it couldn't. They, because once they finally got a paycheck, they got rid of them. Well, that's just ridiculous. But that's what happens. I, I agree. That, that's, so maybe this and, guy can help find these young players, and then the Cardinals won't just get rid of them. Maybe they'll keep some and pay them. Send them to the Rays. Well, that's... <laughs> Richie Palacios. got a pitcher. Richie Palacios. AL MVP. That's correct. Got it up. Mm-hmm. You put $100, you're going to get about $700,000 back. <laughs> retiring of Rich Palacios. <laughs> I just, I just want you know, I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how this all pans out. At the end of the day, development, spending money correctly, getting guys in here that are going to work hard, compete, and do their job consistently. We, we've talked about that with the St. Louis Blues all season long. Those all are all of the things that build championship teams. And, and finding for me, this, this right now, I, I, I still think they are a starting pitcher away from being a really good team like they could probably they lost 90 games last year mm. maybe they, they they 81 and 81 right now with the additions that they have and I think you're still a, a real dominant pitcher away from being whether that's in the bullpen or as a starter somewhere on, on this on, in this on this rotation you are you are missing something in, in this Cardinals bullpen Cardinals rotation you're missing something so for me just seeing where they go from here I don't know how much he's going to add, what he's going to add. I guess we'll take the wait-and-see approach, but figure something out. I, they're going to go into train, spring training with what they have. Let's see what, how it looks. Question number two. From the 636, if you could make a Frankenstein of a quarterback, which current QB parts would you infuse in him? <laughs> Sounds interesting. Um, yes. I mean, you got you to start with the brain. So where are you going to go? Knowledge, IQ. Where are you going? I'm going Peyton Manning. You well, said current. Yeah, current. Yeah, current. current. Oh, Otherwise, yeah. I just I say Tom said Brady. We're yeah, done. right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, IQ. Football IQ. I think that. I mean, if you, you could go Aaron Rodgers, you, he, you can't. You can't fool. You can't fool him. Yeah, his he's, football brain. Correct. Yeah. Yes, okay. his football brain. Yeah, football brain yeah. is what we want. Um, okay, let's go Aaron. Let's go Aaron Rodgers. What about for football I, brain? Can I tempt your tummy with Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow would be great. The guy that processes information as fast as anyone is Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert, yeah. He processes information. It's hard. I'm like, it's hard to. It's hard to. I, that's why I said first. Justin Herbert that. can't get it done when it really matters. You keep doing that, Anthony's going to think it's his show again. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Wait, it's not. He's like, hey, Carrie, remember what I told you? Whatever I say, you just say yeah. yes. Yeah, I'm on his side. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Arm um, talent. Josh Allen. Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. do that. We're going to go feet. We're going to go Lamar. Lamar. No question. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Easily. I, I don't know how you would, <laughs> I don't know how you define this, but like play moxie, you Is know, this all that. No, not toughness, but okay. um, kind of like the freelance ability and all that. It's got to be hey, Mahomes. Mahomes. Yeah. That's why I was looking at yeah. Mahomes even for feet. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's kind of like splitting hairs a little I mean, you, bit there. You could also do arm talent, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. He's okay. got He's got more than enough arm strength, plus he can, I mean, he's. 
he's incredible when it comes yeah. to finding open open passing what about windows. Toughness and grit. Toughness and grit. Joe Burrow is <laughs> a great one. Be yeah, he takes absolutely. Straight. Yeah, they gave him no offensive line. Yeah. <laughs> what about accuracy? Well, you got to go with Tua, according to Tyreek. Yeah. I mean, Tua, Tua is very accurate in the short it, to intermediate part I, of the I, game. It's a quarterback that I don't think gets enough love, and he's made a lot of money in this league. He's going to get signed to get here. Yeah, yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah. Kirk Cousins. Cousins. <laughs> yeah. He gets beat up all the time. <laughs> Kirk, he does. He Kirk does. is going to make. $500 million before it's all said and done. I've got the toughness. Who you got? Jalen Hurts. That's who I was thinking when I said toughness. Toughness, grit, just all grit, that. Just yeah. Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. What are you looking at yeah. me that for? What, is, what makes him tough? He's are you kidding tough. me? He got benched at Alabama, stayed <laughs> yeah. there. The, the, what what physically, back, what went physically to makes him tough? He couldn't yeah. even play Everything. through a little squirrely finger you yesterday. Seen him, he would have. you seen him move the pile on fourth and one? Oh, that the, the tush push? Yeah, he's Because his buddies... Jam no, him from behind. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> he squats you know, like 500 pounds. They get pounds. that first down and they score every time. Like, come on, Kerry. Not everybody can do that, Not everyone can. Josh, Josh Allen, Allen couldn't, couldn't get it done last, last night. night. Yeah. His guys weren't pushing hard enough from behind. <laughs> Gotta push hard from behind. <laughs> you do have to do right? that. That helps. <laughs> Turf was slippery. Yeah. yeah. I think we built it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, you want one more? A little quick one? Yeah. Give us a quickie. Question number three. All right. From the, where'd it go here? The 913, would you rather be locked in a mall with a silverback gorilla or seven full-grown mambas? Both scenarios are actively seeking you out and you're alone. Wait, in a mall? In a mall. Okay, this is easy for me. The gorilla. No, the mambas. <laughs> Mamas can climb. Yeah, but I don't care. The gorilla is going to look and smell and want to kill me immediately. Because <laughs> it's going to be like, this dude here is just a pound. It's just be like, I'm an alpha male. And I'm going to be like, yes, you are. Where's the exit? Where's the mambas? I feel like they won't really care. As long as I don't piss them off, they won't really but care. But they're actively looking they're for you. They're actively yeah. looking for you. That's what he said. are actively looking for you. I'm hiding The mambas are going to take longer Dillard's. to get to me. The gorilla's going to track me down with a blink of an eye. You ever seen those things run on all fours? I, yeah, 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 but at least you can hear it coming. Yeah. yeah. And then what? I don't know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the mamba could sneak out. I get seven of those, You could be sitting there like, oh, this is pretty easy. And all and of a sudden, it's deep, right here. Yeah. But I feel like it would be quicker with the mamba. At least. <laughs> like the gorilla's going to play with me. And like... Just you, like beat so, my head in a little bit. You're, not, looking, you're looking to have this thing just be over with. You well, if I over. can't get out of there, if I can't escape, I don't want to get the piss pounded out of me by a, a gorilla. <laughs> well, no, there's. Well, let's just say there's one exit, right? There's one exit, and you have to figure out where that exit is. Are you being sneaky, or are you just sprinting towards the yeah, exit? Oh. If it's the mambas, I'm sprinting. Yeah. If yeah. it's the gorilla, I am stealth mode. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with Jamie. I'm on like that. Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando or Predator. I'm covered in mud and all this stuff. Scooting along the floor. <laughs> I'm with Jamie on that. Yep. All right. It's a fast lane on 101 to ESPN. So we uh, we need Marsh. We yeah. need Marsh. We had yeah. we had a contro we had a controversy. Yeah. Well, I I won. Okay. And then we had to do a, a, a justice thing. Is that, so, was was a, so what was the justice? We gave him another chance. I, I said a word for Ben and didn't say it for Anthony or took it back. It was history. It was like the the most NF, interceptions in history. People and, had an yeah, issue with the way Kerry So we gave him another an opportunity. So another, we gave him another full game to yeah, try? And, and he's, yeah. He, 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 Same category? Yeah. Yeah. He and beat he me smoked. eight to seven. 
Yeah, oh was, wow! Oh yeah, it was. It was. He beat me eight to seven, yeah. and I lost on the first question. Didn't know it by asking for the options. Oh wow! It was bad, right? right. Wasn't it? Because yeah. I because I got the first question. You got all the other ones. I got all the other ones you right. You got all of them right except for the first one. Yeah. You asked for options. Eight seven. Yeah. So well, Ben, I mean, if Ben, if there was justice needed, then I guess we have to trust the text line. Yeah. yeah. And now we have to trust Marsh to come up with the first save come of twenty twenty four. Gauntlet next. It. I want to win ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. It is time for the gauntlet, and we got our guy Ben back. Uh, ben, how we doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How about you guys? I'm good. I mean, Anthony was saying you cheated last time against him. What's going on there, Ben? <laughs> uh, I mean, you're going to have to ask the text line on that one. I'm, I'm yeah. To Ben's credit, he was ready to just say, good job, Anthony. And, yeah. and the text line kind of blew up, and so we gave him another chance. No, I, and yeah. uh, you know what? And, and I'm glad we did. And then he took Anthony behind the woodshed and yeah, did his thing. Tough. He lost eight to seven. Yeah, well. Because you're acting like I didn't get a pick right. If you lost eight to seven, he lost eight nothing. Did you lose? I lost. There yes. you go. Thank you. That's yeah. it. Matter. You feel right. good about that? No, I feel terrible. You feel, about it. You feel united here? We are no, united. What's wrong with you? All three of us actually what's are. What's wrong with you? On the same side. Get on the same page. We are on. We are. You yeah, either thank Ben you, put us here. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. Thanks. Ben, ben put us here. Us three. On this now, side. On this side. Yes. Now, Marsh, it's up to you. Here to we go, not Marsh. Be a part of this club. This exclusive club that we have. All right, Ben. <laughs> you know what's at stake. Go ahead and tell Marsh to spin the wheel. All righty, Mars, spin that wheel. All right, so Ben beat all of us in football. We'll see if the wheel has football for the championship round. Gauntlet trophy on the line in 2024. Marsh has got to get his rear end into the uh, cone of silence. Carrie, I think you're the one that can see the wheel. Yes. What do we got? We got baseball. Baseball. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Is this the first baseball for yes. Ben? Yes. He's been football the, the entire, entire time. Yeah. Yes. Okay, all right. So I'm going to hand these guys the launch codes. Ben. <laughs> ben, you already know. Anthony, you all right? <laughs> well, we only got two. We only got two sheets here. Well, we could, huh. well I don't we'll, give we'll a sheet. Share. I'll share it with Kerry. There you go. We'll nice job. Uh, ben, you already know the rules. You get yep. four questions, all baseball-related. Each question worth two points unless you need the options, and then those questions are worth one point. Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, here we go. The, the Dodgers recently introduced new right-hander uh, Yosh- Yoshinobu. Yoshinobu. Yamamoto. Who is the most recent Dodgers starter to win 20 games in a single season? Who is the most recent Dodgers starter to win 20 games in a single season? Uh, Bueller, final answer. All right, Ben means business today. All right, Ben, question number two. Nolan Arnauto made his first National League All-Star team as a reserve in 2015. Who started that year's game at third base for the National League? You said 2013? I said 2015. 2015. Ooh. Justin Turner, final answer. Okay. All righty. 
Where are we at? T- question All three. All right. Question number three. Only three pitchers in Major League Baseball history have issued more than 1,800 career walks. They are Nolan Ryan, Steve Carlton, and who else? Uh, Mr. Options. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Randy Johnson, Tom Seaver, or Phil Nick ne- ne- Necro? Excuse me. What was the last name on the, the Phil, Phil what? Phil Necro. Got to go Randy Johnson, final answer. All right, Ben, last question. On April 10th, 2006, the Cardinals opened the new Bush Stadium with a 6-4 victory over which team? Uh, Milwaukee Brewers, final answer. All right, we'll bring back uh, Marsh from the Cone of Silence here. Ben, how you feeling with the goal the trophy on the line? Uh, I really want to know what that walks answer is. Well, you'll find out. In due time. In due time. We promise we'll tell you. All right. Appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Marsh, how was the cone of silence? It was great. Just having some great conversations with Mike Ryder. I'm ready to go. You locked in? Get that water. I was wondering whether they're taking too much time. Anthony, stop talking to the guy. He has to do his water thing. He's the LeBron James of board ops, you know? (laughs) Watch him. He does the little (laughs) game on the line. No better shirt to be wearing right now than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, there you absolutely. go. Wait, 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 wait. About that? Yep. You're right. It's not prime time. We're safe. Right. <laughs> you need. We're, you're right. It's we're not. Fine. It's not seven yet. <laughs> you need nine yards. I'll get you two. <laughs> absolutely. You need seventeen. I'll get you five. No problem. One hundred percent. All right, Marsh. Pack a lunch, kid. You ready? I'm ready. The Dodgers recently introduced new righty Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Who is the most recent Dodgers starter to win 20 games in a single season? Who is the most recent Dodgers starter to win 20 games in a single season? Ooh, what is his name? I'm going to go with Tony Gonsolin, final answer. All right, Marshy, question number two. Nolan Arenado made his first National League All-Star team as a reserve in 2015. Who started that year's game at third base for the National League? 2015. Let's see. Jeez. 2015. That would have been the New York Mets against the... um, Kansas City Royals in the World Series. I believe David Wright maybe was in one of his final years there. So I'm going to go with, wait, 2015. Was it Todd Frazier? Let me use the options. All right. After all that, we'll get to the options. (laughs) Was it Todd Frazier, Scott Rowland, or Pablo Sandoval? 2015. I'm going to go with, um, mm, was that the year? If that was the year that the Reds hosted the All-Star game, I'm going to go with Todd Frazier. He was a Red. Todd Frazier, final answer. All right, Marcy, only three pitchers in Major League Baseball history have issued more than 1,800 career walks. They are Nolan Ryan, Steve Carlton, and who else? 1,800 walks? Is that what you said? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm going to have to use the options. Randy Johnson, Tom Seaver, or Phil Necro? Uh, um, I have no clue. Let's go with uh, Phil Necro, final answer. 
All right, Marsh, question number four. On April 10th, 2006, the Cardinals opened New Bush Stadium with a 6-4 victory over which team? The uh, Milwaukee Brewers. Final answer. I actually skipped school that day to watch that game. What? a boy. Look at you now. Wow. Just outed yourself, too. <laughs> Look at you now. <laughs> Repercussions. Yeah, I got demoted to the Orange Reading Group. Yeah, you did. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Here we go. Gauntlet trophy on the line for Ben. His last opponent, Andrew Marsh. How did they do? Start off with the last question. On April 10th, 2006, the Cardinals opened New Bush Stadium with a 6-4 victory over which team? Ben, you said the Brewers. Marsh, you said the Brewers. Correct answer is... Well, guys, in fact, it was the Milwaukee Brewers. Neither of you used the options. Nice job. 2-2 tie between Ben and Marsh. Only three pitchers in MLB history have issued more than 1,800 career walks. They are Nolan Ryan, Steve Carlton, and who else? Ben, you used the options. You went with the big unit, Randy Johnson. Marsh, you said, I have no idea. Give me the options. Then you went with Phil Necro. Correct answer is... Phil Necro. Phil Necro oh, is the correct answer. Phil <laughs> 1809. 1809, that's that's the number of walks across 24 seasons mm. for for Phil Necro. I was going to say, every time I f- face off against the big unit, MLB The Show, he's always striking me out. Of course. So, there you go. Yeah, Come naturally, on. yeah. So, Marsh has got a 3-2 lead over Ben. Nolan Arnato made his first National League All-Star team as a reserve in 2015. Who started that year's game at third base for the National League? Ben, without the options, you went Justin Turner. He was not an option. We know that because Marsh took the options and went with Todd Frazier after thinking about David Wright. Correct answer is... Cincinnati Red, Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier. Todd Frazier. So Marsh has a two-point lead. Last question. Neither of you used the options. The Dodgers recently introduced new right-hander Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Who is the most recent Dodgers starter to win 20 games in a single season? Marsh, you went Tony Gonsolin. Ben, you went old Timmy Tight Pants Walker Bueller. Here are your options. Walker Bueller... Julio Urias, and Clayton Kershaw. So we know that Tony Gonsolin is not the answer. If it's Walker Bueller, we've got a walk-off. If it's Julio Urias or Clayton Kershaw, Marsh wins and Ben falls one contestant short, one host (sighs) short of a gauntlet. Kerry, who was the most recent Dodger starter to win 20 games in a single season? Walker Bueller is not the answer. It is Julio Urias. Ben! You have chosen poorly. <laughs> you lose! Ben, I'm sorry. Gotcha. 4-2. to 4-2 to today. Marsha, good memory good on game, him. Marsh. That was good. That was a tough one. Yep, yep. Nice job, though, man. You, you gave all of us a scare. You, you made that run. You had to win multiple games just to get here, and you, and you did it. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, you had to beat just, Anthony twice. You had to beat it. Yeah. <laughs> well, once. Well, you know, one with yeah. an asterisk next to it. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It still counts. All right, Ben. Nice job, man. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. Nice work. All right. Thanks for having me. Had a blast.
See you, guys. See you, Ben. 101 ESPN has your chance to score a pair of tickets to Billy Joel and Sting for one night only on Friday, September 27th at Bush Stadium. Tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m., but you can win free tickets right now by answering this question. We're going to go with the layup. What? What band did Sting... Who, who is he the front runner for, the front man for? Yep, I told you it was going to be a layup. Anthony, I got this for you. No. You dude, see? Just, they nah. had a couple of really big songs, so, too. Who is he the front man for? <laughs> what band? Really big songs. Until they broke up in 1986. <laughs> text in now to the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646. <laughs> and you can find all the ticket details and a bonus chance to register to win tickets to see B- Billy Joel and Sting at 101ESPN.com or on your 101 mobile app. We'll tell you who wins. Coming up after the break. What's trending is next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now. Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. I'll tell you what's trending. Fastlane officially knocks off the Rizzuto show in the Pick'em Challenge. Nice job, guys. Yep. Nice work. We're, we're now up 4-3 to three overall. Overall, yes. We're back-to-back champions after a uh, 10-6-2 and two Yeah. record. Yeah. 10-6-2? and 10-6-2. and two. Yeah, they, they, That's they, 18, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You yeah. stand a chance. Math checks, huh? Kind of smoked them, I think. Yeah. Honestly, I'm a little disappointed that we didn't... Uh, we need we need to beat the brains in a little bit well, more. You know, I was I was hoping we went undefeated actually, mm-hmm. right? We, we me were, too. We're, we're, we're so good at what we do, right? We, yeah. we understand it Ooh. a little bit better than I think some of them do, and so you know, they're good people. I love I love those guys down there. They're, they're, oh yeah, they're great. They're, they're great until they start complaining uh, about no, about learn. us yeah, doing something, my and guys. then Moon, these my guys. They, they're they're great people. Right? All you said Moon was complaining. Uh-huh. I I agree. He probably was. No, right? That's what Carrie said. Okay, that's, mm-hmm. that's what we're gonna go with. Yeah. But no, did, was he not? <laughs> or was it somebody I didn't else? Hear, I didn't hear. They'll any come complaints. up with something else. You think? Of course. What, can you, what, what, what could you possibly come Nothing. up with? Nothing. When you lose six and we won ten. Well, boys, I don't know if you know this, but a little birdie told me that they were complaining about, and I don't know who it was because I wasn't able to listen to their show today, but. Um, Said that they want tiebreakers now. For those tied weeks, they want tiebreakers. Oh, you mean the same team that did not want tiebreakers a year ago? Yeah, and the same team because <laughs> they they thought that it would benefit them. And the same team that uh, petitioned for changing the rules within our group, the the two shows yeah. of not being able to change your pick after mm-hmm. you punch it on Sunday, which is not a rule at all with the app. But they decided to, you know, and we we bent for that one, and now they still want whatever. I'm just tired of whatever. Didn't you have something with the uh, with the home run derby as well? Oh gosh, there's always something, Gary. Okay, always. Yeah, we, and there will be again. We beat them there again. And say, no, we didn't yeah. get this. We didn't. <laughs> We're crushing them. It's all, it's all that they have. All right, it happens. So we do have to pick out a punishment though for them. Okay. In terms of the the, the photo shoot, so we have an opportunity. To oversee a photo shoot involving the Rizzuto show mm-hmm. in which we can choose to have them in any sort of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, get up, shot, get up <laughs> that, that we want. And then we can use said photos 
to plaster it all around town if we if we choose. Well, Tommy Mattern did um, did tell me that he believes there is a billboard that was available. Mm. Really? Yeah. So we'll have to follow up on that, of course. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, let's start thinking, boys. Nice yeah. job. Congratulations to each and every one of you. And Kerry Davis led us. us. Congratulations to us. <laughs> we did it. And uh, uh, Kerry Davis led us all. Yeah, Kerry. I was trying to catch you over the weekend. I, nice. I went I in. I went in three three points shy. Yeah. I came out three points shy. <laughs> so nice job, Kerry. He led he led all of nice us job, in the fast buddy. lane. Uh, and we will shoot Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers at some point because yes. they got it coming to him. Sure. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Yeah. Uh, we got a couple of quick what's trending because we do got to get to Chris yeah. Zimmerman oh, of the Blues coming up at four thirty. We mentioned this earlier. I wanted to to get back into it. Jameis Winston, oh. this is what he had to say after the team collectively decided to go against their head coach <laughs> and take a knee at the one-yard line. They decided to just run the football, get another touchdown, because why not? This is what Jameis Winston had to say on the matter after the game. Well, I apologize to DA because the play was was victory. Uh, But I also explained to DA that it was a team decision. And I think when you have the team morale, and I asked the guys, I said, guys, like, what do you want to do? We know how much Jamal means to this team. And and I understood from DA's perspective. I give him that. But DA didn't condone that at all. You know, he didn't. However, we decided as a team to do it, and and you have that opportunity. We just had that opportunity, and, and we decided. So, Kerry, let me ask you a question here. Because this is fascinating to me. Mm. And it's a sport that I uh, love playing but never had the opportunity to play at uh, any kind of a high level. Mm-hmm. So the court, the coach calls victory formation, which is just to kneel down and, and kill the clock. We're yes. done. So how does a team collectively agree that they're going to say, <laughs> no, thank you, punch it in the end zone? And, like, what's the repercussions for that? I, I think he meant the offense that was on the field collectively, but all that's what 11 so men. The, yeah, they you probably, get into the huddle, hey, boys, victory formation. Yeah, say, no, no, forget that. <laughs> Let's score. But the coach said this, no, I don't care. Let's Man, score. It's like an audible. Yeah, I don't have oh, they saw something it. in the victory yeah, formation. something in the <laughs> formation that, that felt like it was uh, not a good play to call at yeah. that time. Uh-huh. He changed it at the line of scrimmage and punched it on in. So what are the repercussions for that? I don't think there's anything. I mean, like I know it's the last game of the season, last play of the season pretty much. It don't matter. It's I don't over. think it matters. I mean, you could be frustrated. Obviously, Arthur Smith was very frustrated. He should have been more frustrated right. with the 41 points that they gave up all throughout the game as you opposed to the, the, you know, the, the interception that was taken down to the one yard. offense scored. Like, you... you he was just frustrated. There's, you know, I, I get it because if a team, if a play is called, like I, I had a situation, we were getting our butts kicked against the team, and the coach actually called a timeout and threw the ball deep. We were down by like 30. It was four seconds left in the game. Now I think I want to choke you, sir. Don't do that. <laughs> but if you have, you could tell it was victory formation, and the team decided to to run the ball in. Yeah, I, I I don't think that there's any repercussions for Jameis Winston. I don't think there's any repercussions for anyone on that offensive line or mm-hmm. that uh, on that offense in general. They made a decision. Everyone wasn't going to agree with it, and and they got a young man a touchdown. I mean, I was okay with it. So I'm was always I. I'm always of the belief to play to the end. Yeah, play to the I end. I, you know, whatever. You know. It, it can be frustrating. Now you should play better. Pro- exactly. You probably should take a knee. You know, but. Eh. It is what it is. It, it, the whole I had no problem with it. Stop them. Stop them. Yeah. Shove the offensive line back. Stop James. Or just stop give in like you did 
for the other forty-one. And that's points. and that's what that's that's why that that's what happens. But for Arthur Smith to you know go streaking across the field and he's oh, screaming yeah. at Dennis he's Allen and all that, though. he, was he so should crazy. be embarrassed of himself. He was so Who crazy. We ta- we're talking about Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. The 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 day after it happened, where. Uh, it was the refs and the the, the yeah. Tyreek Hill, or not the Tyreek Hill, excuse me, the um, MBS. Uh, no, uh, Cardi- Tony. Kadarius Tony lineup. And I said, I go, he's not ticked at, he's not ticked at the refs. He's ticked right. at his offense. He's yeah. ticked at him. He's ticked. He's he's frustrated, right? Yeah. Like that was clearly Smith being frustrated, knowing what we know now. He was fired. he was probably going to get fired, yeah. but that was embarrassing. You went yeah. out that way. Let me tell you something. Really, he's going to get fired if they lost forty-one to seventeen, or if they lost forty-eight to seventeen. As well, he should. Didn't matter. You, sir, cannot coach my team. (laughs) You must go, sir. You're out. All right, Chris Simmons, we're going to talk to him about uh, the city of St. Louis, not just losing the bid when it comes to the World Juniors, but what's next, what could be done, and some, you know, potentially some exciting things coming up for some young Blues players and the franchise overall. Chris Zimmerman next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. With Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Salter. Let's head to our 101 ESPN Celebrity Line. We're joined by Chris Zim- Chris Zimmerman, the president and CEO of business operations for your St. Louis Blues. Chris, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well, thanks. Chris, uh, the World Junior Championship, I think this year was obviously very exciting, and I know that you know here in St. Louis there was an attempt to get a bid for the uh, not the next year but the following year unfortunately uh, the bid went to the state of Minnesota up there you know in your opinion you know, why does a place like Minnesota get favored over St. Louis at this point yeah thanks Jamie i mean the world juniors was it was a fantastic event for the blues this year we had six players in it. You got to see the uh, groups of players that are obviously both the next generation for our, our club, as well as um, really for the league. And uh, so we, um, yeah, we were excited about the, the bid. It's a fantastic event. Um, why Minnesota? I think a couple things. Um, the Canadian fans play a really important role in generating uh, attendance at U.S. held World Junior Championships, and Minnesota is just closer to the border, and so I think geography mattered and played part of a role. And um, you know, I think there are also um, there's a significant state funding component that the state of Minnesota has in place to help attract sports events. That probably also played a little bit of a role. Uh, Chris, what other challenges would a city like St. Louis have as far as geographically? Because it, it's historically they keep it close to the border, like you said. So the Canadian people they travel well; they'll they'll cross the border into the states. But you know, what other challenges is it to be a, t- a city like St. Louis and being so south? Well, I don't think there are many other challenges, quite quite honestly, any anymore, Jamie. If you look at where what we've done in terms of establishing ourselves as a great hockey town, um, both obviously with the number of players we're developing, the growth of hockey here, 
um, as well as how, how we've done when we've attracted the best events, whether it was the uh, Winter Classic, followed by, uh, obviously, both the, the uh, Stanley Cup Finals as well as the All- NHL All-Star Game. We've proven that we can put on events and draw hockey crowds as well as any place. And so I, don't, I think we're past the geography thing largely. And, uh, you know, we've got a great set of events coming up. Some of them are, are um, happening out at Centene, the um, ACHA, which is the club national club, college club hockey national championship. That's happening in March, followed by an NCAA men's regional um, that will proceed are us hosting the Frozen Four again next year. So if anybody's asking, we're, we're on the map, and, and I think everybody realizes that now. Chris, how much of a like, how much of a difference has it been here in the last you know handful of years to to attract these events? Because at one time, like let's be honest, they, these events just weren't coming to St. Louis, and now you know hockey is growing so fast in this area. But also, you know, some of the facilities that we're able to provide at the same time, I mean, it's really sped things up, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. No, we, without the facilities, you're, you're just not in the game. And, um, you know, I think uh, the building of the Centene Community Ice Center gives us a facility that, um, quite honestly, is without question the top facility uh, in the Midwest, and really one of the top few in the country. And so we're, whether it's USA Hockey bringing their Disabled Hockey Festival here, obviously the NCA events now, we've, we've got a very special facility there. And then at Enterprise Center, the work we've done um, to really elevate the guest and fan experience, um, we've done a really good job. We have to stay at it, though, because, as you know, there are new shiny buildings being built throughout the country, and um, you know we're, we're just going to have to stay after it because it's a very competitive uh, landscape, winning these uh, major national sporting events and certainly hockey events. Chris, that's what I was going to ask you. What are the chances that St. Louis does get the bid in the future? You know, <laughs> uh, that's a tough one to answer. Uh, the chances. I think what we're doing, we just have to keep after um, what we're doing, which is every time we get a chance on the national or international stage that we, we show up the way we have, that um, our, our fans respond, that our facilities uh, operate in a world-class way. So um, I'm optimistic that um, we're just going to keep moving forward in terms of really um, essentially putting ourselves on the map for all major events. I think the other side of it is, is the financial side. And, you know, there more and more states, whether it's Minnesota, Nevada, Texas, Tennessee, sports play a big part in driving economic activity. And, um, you know, we're, we are, through our St. Louis Sports Commission, working um, certainly at the state level, and uh, we'll continue to work at the city and county level to, to help, uh, if you will, government understand the value and the return that you can get on essentially sports tourism. 
Chris, jumping back into the hockey side of things here a little bit and going back to the World Junior Championship, I mean, it, it is, it's got to be really, really exciting for the Blues franchise to look at these prospects that, I mean, they blew everybody else out of the water when it comes to total points scored, 44 points as a group, 22 goals, 22 assists. You know, Doug Armstrong and his staff did a fantastic job in, in drafting these players, but you guys have to be excited. Well, I think, Jamie, I mean, I've, uh, this is now my 10th season um, with the club. Certainly, um, by far, the, just the, the most exciting group of prospects that we've ever had. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's about development. It's about the right timing. But, yes, I think um, the representation that people saw of the Blues, you know, future prospects um, is really encouraging, as well as, you know, what's what's happening down in Springfield. We've got, um, you know, we've got some strong prospects there as well. So, you know, we are, uh, you know, we're in that that place where we're fighting the now, and obviously – um, the last couple of weeks, and the team is really playing strong. Um, but when you look out at the future, it, it's it's quite honestly, I'm just gonna I'll put it this way: it's more promising than it's been certainly in the last 15 years or so. Yeah, it sure is exciting. And I'm gonna go now. I'm gonna go back into the past a little bit. And the Blues Hall of Fame, the dinner and the ceremony, all that is right around the corner. This is a brand new event for the Blues in the city of St. Louis. You know, what what fun things can we plan on seeing this year as last year was such a spectacular event? Yeah, well, well, we're excited about um, the Hall of Fame weekend. Uh, on the 19th of uh, January, we'll have the the induction ceremony dinner down at the Missouri Athletic Club. Um, I'm happy to say that that's sold out. It's, it's a really great event, but there's also uh, Bernie Federica, who I believe is going to make an announcement in terms of how we're going to uh, partner uh, with KMOV to, uh, to share that with our fans. So that's an exciting part of the weekend. Obviously, uh, we play the Capitals the next night, um, so there'll be a great ceremony there. And, uh, you know, we're honoring Mike Leute, we're honoring Pavel Dimitri, as well as Big Walt, um, you know, Tikkachuk. So that's a very special lineup of inductees that we're adding to last year's group. That's uh, that's great news. A lot of exciting stuff surrounding your club right now, Chris. And we appreciate you sharing some of the insights that you have, and uh, you looking looking ahead to some of the great events that you have in St. Louis and coming up at Centene. So thanks for joining us, saying the fast line. Thanks, guys. A big week ahead. A lot of exciting hockey. No doubt. Starting tomorrow night against the Panthers. Thanks, Chris. Yep. All right, this is Chris Zimmerman, President and CEO of Business Operations for the St. Louis Blues. A lot of great events, and yeah. as you, you, you had mentioned, uh, and as Chris mentioned, you had a, quite the representative, um, you know, when it came to the World Juniors. Yeah, you there were studs all over. You had seven guys there, and other teams, there are three other teams that had seven players there, and the total points, I don't have it right in front of me right now, but the total points for Blues prospects was 44, and I think the closest after that for a group of seven was 28 points. Wow. wow. 
Like it was a massive difference. Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy Snuggerud goes back to Minnesota and he fires a laser top shelf right away <laughs> as soon as he gets back there. Yeah. So, you know, and today Doug Armstrong had talked to the media about some of these guys and Jimmy Snuggerud basically saying, look, if this guy's ready to go come the end of the season and we're in a spot where we could use him, he could see him getting an opportunity with the big club. So all that's very exciting. And another part of it, too, the sidebar to all this, guys, is, like, I've been here a long time. I've been here since 1993, and the Blues practice facility in 1993 was the old Brentwood Arena. Nothing wrong with the rink. It was gritty. It was great. It was awesome. But it was nothing like you have now. Mm -hmm. And to see the hockey scene in St. Louis grow the way it has in that amount of time is incredible to where we're talking about ACHA championships coming here, a world junior bid. We've had the national women's team play against the Canadian national women's team here at at Centene Community Ice Center. A lot of stuff happening now that, honestly, I don't know if anybody thought way back when this would even be possible. Yeah, no kidding. That's Jamie Rivers. That's Kerry Davis. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We'll take an early look at the NFL playoffs next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. All right, before we take an early look at the NFL playoffs here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN, we've got two more slots available for our bet the board uh throughout the course of the month of january so we welcome on chuck chuck thanks for listening thanks for playing how you doing today hey how are we doing today fellas doing great man so uh, you're down to two options now you 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 pick third jamie's off the board marsh is off the board would you like carrie davis or would you like me for the rest of the month for bet the board uh this is the two hard ones i wanted to pick from too oh, good uh, good <laughs> well you know we got we got Kerry. He played with my guy Najee Davenport. Yeah. Go. My How guy. about some Packers guys? How about yeah? Them? yeah I'm not too mad. Anthony's new child. What they're doing over hey, there? I was right. Well, Jordan Love is pretty good. I was right about Jordan Love. I was right about the Green Bay Packers. Did you? What, what do you mean? No, I wasn't. Did you? You beat him to win the Super hey. Bowl. Oh yeah. No, I didn't. Sorry, I Chuck. Say, though, I I gotta go with Stalters though. He believed in the Packers from the very beginning. That's right, All Chuck. Right. So, Stalters. Thank you. I no. appreciate you, man. I appreciate you having my back when these guys didn't. You remembered that I picked the Packers. Hey, you know what? Let's get this done, Chuck. Let's make it happen. All yes. Right. All right. Hey, good luck the rest of the uh, the month here. You'll hear the first pick coming up in uh, about 20 minutes or so. So thanks for playing. Thanks for listening. Uh, can I get a big shout to my buddy listening? Of and, course. Uh, my buddy's mom getting married here in a few months. But congratulations, moms. Congrats. Well, congrats. Yeah, congrats. Are you uh, you in the wedding? Uh, I would I think so. You don't know yet. I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't came I haven't came yet. Hey, uh, if he doesn't if he doesn't pick you, we'll uh, embarrass him on the radio. All right. I appreciate that. There you go. All right, Chuck. Thanks for playing. We'll talk to you. All right, see, fellas. There you go. So, Carrie. Yeah. You're gonna meet. You're gonna meet your your person coming up here. Hey, that's what I've heard. It's okay. And you won the, you won our fast lane picking hey, challenge. Best you know, for last, Kerry. That's right. Best for last. Yeah. yeah. You don't get an option. You got me. This Carrie's, isn't football only, though. 
Nope, it's That's whatever it's whatever you it's want. Whatever you nah. want it to be, baby. Yep, it's whatever you want. All right, speaking of football, the the NFL matchups for the Wild Card weekend have been set. Marsh had mentioned this earlier in the show. Completely agree with him. The matchups are outstanding. It's, they start off with the Browns and Texans, Dolphins and Chiefs on Saturday. Then moving to Sunday, the first game is carries Steelers versus the Bills in Buffalo. Chucks Packers in Dallas. And then you got Matthew Stafford and the Rams heading back to Detroit. I love, I love the stories it's for perfect. that. Detroit, first time in 30 years winning the division. They Hosting actually got the, they got the, they get to host again. The they brought the banner down. Like it, it's, I think that's really cool for for the Detroit Lions and for Matthew Stafford to take part in that game when yeah. it's the first one in forever. Welcome so, back. Yeah, I think it's really cool. Monday night Eagles and Bucks, Browns and Texans. First, just first blush. I like Houston in that I do game. Too. Cleveland's been a different team on the road this year than they have been at home. Joe Flacco, baby. I, you don't bet against Joe Flacco. Uh, Kerry always says, don't bet against yeah, Flacco. They never, they never actually said that. <laughs> Maybe you did. We'll go back and take a listen. We'll check the tape. tape. Yeah. <laughs> never, never quite said that. Oh, but I believed you, too. <laughs> and I remembered. Detroit being fired up. Houston's got to be fired up. Nobody, nobody yeah. in the world expected the Texans to be where they were, where they are right now. They had a win on Saturday night in Indy. They did. They had to have Tennessee beat Jacksonville. They did. And now Houston's hosting a playoff game. And I think they get past uh, round one here. I like the Browns against Jacksonville. I, I, I like them less against Houston. I think Houston has done a great job. Again, I think D'Amico Ryan's is coach of the year. Mm. And obviously, uh, C.J. Stroud is going to be offensive uh, rookie of the year. Yep. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about... Watching C.J. Stroud, I don't feel like he's a rookie quarterback. He has so much poise. The throw he made on the sideline, I think we were talking about earlier to, to Nico Collins, in under pressure, people in his face, and still having the composure to get the ball, keep your eyes downfield, and make that big play. Mm-hmm. He does not play like a rookie and has not really from the first game of the year where they just he just kind of took off and they've done such an outstanding job. And to Tough win one. the division, they were terrible last year. They weren't good, and they won the division. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about what the season Texans team has. Uh, Chiefs and Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are done. They're you think? done. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. Uh, you've been you. You don't like the Chiefs. All over I get this. it. It's all over. You don't. You don't like KC because they drop too many passes. That the defense matters. The defense plays. <laughs> Miami. Miami could have hosted a game. They could have hosted a game. Carry now they're going to Arrowhead where it's supposed to be zero degrees. They're done. They're Tyreek, banged up. They're Tyreek done. Going back against his former team, they played obviously earlier this season, but they were playing in Germany and lost. And lost. They lost. But I. I, I just think. That Kansas City Chiefs team that played in Germany against this this Dolphins team is different. Just watching them play, not play consistently. Now, defensively, they do an outstanding job. Outstanding job. Sneed has done an outstanding job. They have all done a really good job on the defensive side. Spagnola, for as terrible as he was as a head coach, he is a really good defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's doing an outstanding job with that defense. But I just feel like this offensive of, of Miami – and what they've done all season long, and the inability to catch the ball by the Kansas City Chiefs, I think the Chiefs 
could be in for a dogfight. It's going to be a good game. Well, we have all week to look at these other matchups. We're up against it. We do have the college national championship tonight between Washington and Michigan. Pre-game starting at 5.30. It's an hour-long pre-game, and kickoff is set for 6.30 tonight. You can hear it all on 101 ESPN. Congratulations to Brady from Columbia, Illinois. He won the first set of tickets that we gave away for Billy Joel and Sting. He answered the, cor- the question correctly, which was, Sting, who was he the front man for? What band? Until they broke up in 1986. Correct answer is... The police. That's correct. Uh, layup for our guy Brady, who won. Congratulations. We'll have more tickets to give away throughout the course of the week here in the fast lane. What's our national championship prediction? Michigan or Washington? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie Rivers, Carrie Davis, I'm Anthony Stalter. Before we get to our predictions for the College Football National Championship, which is tonight, and you can listen to it here on 101 ESPN, Washington and Michigan, we welcome on Wes, who's the last contestant for Bet the Board in the month of January. And uh, Wes, congratulations. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. You're going to be paired with Carrie. Oh, sounds good. I'm a U of I alum. Ha! I didn't go to the main campus, but... Uh, I'm proud to be with Kerry. There you go. There you go. Nice. It all works out. In the words yep. of Matt Hasselbeck, we'll take the ball and we're going to score. Oh. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. It did not work. <laughs> we're going to make it work. <laughs> he got picked. We'll, we'll he make did. it work. Like we're going to take. We're going to make it right for old Matt Hasselbeck. There Wes, you, you and I, we got it. Yep. Let's right. go, yep. Wes. Thanks for playing. Thanks for listening. Uh, thanks. All right. So, uh, lone Marlins fan chose Jamie. Tim chose Marsh, Chuck chose me, and then Wes and Carrie got paired up there at the end. Wes chose me, too. Yes, he did. Absolutely. He would have, obviously, (laughs) because he's an (laughs) Illinois fan and, yeah, also a Matt Hasselback fan. All right, Jamie. Yeah. How do you see tonight's game playing out? Are you still with Michigan? I'm I'm all over the Michigan train. I just look at this team, and there's so much to like about this team. You start with the leadership of of Jim Harbaugh and his coaching staff, we, you know, people forget. I don't think they forget because it's prominent. But I kind of overlooked it. Let's let's say that that Jim Harbaugh missed a bunch of games this year, mm-hmm. and the coaching staff still was unfazed. The team was unfazed, and the coaching staff, whoever had to step up or step in, they got victories, and yeah. they got big victories. And then Jim Harbaugh back in the mix, obviously. I don't think it was a secret that they didn't really want to play Alabama. Right. It weren't like, oh, yeah, we got Alabama. It was more like, oh, yeah, got Alabama. This Great. sucks. And then they end up in an absolute dogfight with Alabama and come out on top. And I just I feel like that was their rite of passage almost at that point. I, I don't see them steamrolling Washington. I think it's going to be a heck of a game. But I've got Michigan in this one. Well, you care. I, I'm going Michigan as well. I'm I'm excited about tonight's game. I think, you know, I think the committee got the best two teams that were available 
to, to play in this game. And that's all you can ask for is the best two teams. And right now, Washington is playing extremely well. Michigan is playing extremely well. To Jamie's point, the fact that Jim Harbaugh missed six games, I believe, during, during the yeah, season. Three and three. Three and three. Three to start the season. Three to, to end the season. Um, they have just continued to play well and do their job. And so... Yeah, I got I got a 27-21 victory for Michigan. Ooh. Oh, you took a field goal away from Washington, huh? Because you were saying 27-24. I did. I didn't like it. Changes my mind. Saw the weather conditions inside yeah. that dome. <laughs> a little, little breezy Fair in there. Enough. Yeah. I probably missed wide left. <laughs> I see oh, what boy. you did there hey, with Drew Brees and New Orleans. And look at you. Uh, Marsh, Washington, Michigan. we got two Michigans thus far. Man, I really want to go with Washington strictly because I do not like Michigan. But unfortunately, when do I ever get things that I want to have happen, right? All the time. No, no, actually not. So I'm going to roll with Michigan tonight. Maybe I'll get that reverse jinx. Uh, I'm going to go Washington outright. Oh. I think Washington pulls off the upset tonight. Really? I do. I do. Look at Anthony. Michael Penix Jr., is having one the of those Sam years. Swimming upstream over here, Jamie. <laughs> every time you've gone against Washington, Washington has done what? Well, who says I went against them? I said I doubted them. I didn't bet against. I, I, them. I went against them twice. And Anthony, to and your point, happened? they've won. That they, they was against Oregon. They won both of those. Yeah. They were a ten-point underdog against the against Oregon the second time around and trucked them. They did. I, they I did. was on Oregon too. Yeah, surprised. It took it took me that game to to kind of wake up here with Washington. Yeah. Washington's having one of those seasons that they have found different ways to win. Michigan wins in one way. They play defense, and they do the sleight of hand crap on offense. That's what they do. And it worked against Penn State because Penn State can't throw the ball forward. And it worked (laughs) against Ohio State because Ohio State had one player offensively, Marvin Harrison Jr. And it worked against the other teams in the Big Ten – most of which stunk. It worked against Iowa because Iowa literally doesn't have an offense. <laughs> they put 11 guys You're out right. there. They put 11 guys out there. I don't think any of them are on scholarship. And they try to win every game with their defense and their special teams. Yeah, guys. The punter is the best player on Iowa all season long. He's a heck of a player. These are the teams that Michigan beat. And, of course, Alabama. With all due respect, <laughs> Alabama, that was not the best Alabama team that Nick Saban has ever had. It's not even close. And Alabama had Michigan seemingly dead to rights for most of the second half. But everyone told me that the SEC team is always better than Well, it wasn't last else. week. Or it was for most of that game. And then Alabama fell apart in the end. Washington is going to test this defense like it hasn't been tested yet. And I think they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit better than what we think. And I think Penix is going to make more than enough plays in this passing game. He's going to keep throwing the ball deep. If they run into a bunch of three and outs, that could be problematic. But Washington has also come up with some pretty good defensive efforts, despite the numbers not being there. So give me Washington. They're 5-0 and or 6-0, and I think, when it comes to being an underdog. Under DeBoer, they've done great in these situations before. Everybody has doubted them. I think they went out right. The injury to Dylan Johnson, running back for UW Washington, is going to be a key thing to watch tonight. If he's unhealthy, he's going to give it a try. But the way that he came off of the field that last play against Texas, let me know everything I needed to know. His foot is in pain. And so all it takes is someone to st- – you know how many times a 300-pounder has stepped on my foot? It doesn't feel great. 
300-pounder step on your foot, try to cut or plant the wrong way. Anything is uh, is possible to cause pain to that. So keep an eye on him. If he's not able to play, that's going to put a uh, it's going to slow Washington down tremendously. I do think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be back and forth. I, th- I not back and forth in a, from a shootout standpoint, but mm. I, I think it's I think we might see kind of a closer first half, low scoring. Maybe the second half picks up a little bit, but I think both teams wind up in the twenties, and that's it. I do not see. Well, it's not going to be high scoring. I don't. Michigan think so. hasn't had a high scoring game all year against. Right. Like nobody's putting up big points. Well, that's the other thing against Michigan. Michigan Michigan does not care about scoring at will. Yeah. They care about scoring. Give me one more point than the opposition. And it's been that way since week one of this college season. And they've won every game. Some games have been close. Some games have been, you know, even even against uh, non-conference foes that they should win by 50-plus points, they didn't. They just, they've just kind of controlled games all season long. What happens if they can't control one of these games. What what happens when they can't control this game against Washington? And what happens if Washington gets a lead? Because this Michigan's offense, this Michigan offense is not built to come back. I don't think that that'll be the case. I mean, Michigan does not give. To Jamie's point, they don't give up a lot of points. And so again, if you can limit, especially if if Washington becomes one dimensional, which I think going into the game they already are. It's pretty good dimension. <laughs> it is, <laughs> but when it's only one, it's a lot easier to defend than having a couple of ways to beat you. So. If, if they are one-dimensional and can can only pass the football, it's going to be a long day for Washington. All right, there you go. So uh, Marsh, Jamie, and Kerry are all on Michigan. I took Washington to pull off the upset. We're going to do bet the board next. First first night Ooh, of bet excited. the board. And we'll wrap up the show because we got the pregame for the national championship coming up at 530. That's all next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. If you missed anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast at 101ESPN.com or on your 101ESPN mobile app. It's all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Talk to Little Blues. Talk to Chris Zimmerman of the Blues. Talk to Little Cardinals. We'll get into more Cardinals maybe tomorrow, but a lot of NFL and college football talk as we approach kickoff for the national championship pregame from 530 to 630 right here on 101ESPN. That's and soon. Yeah, that's soon. It's, it's right. terrible. Hour, an hour Gosh, pregame. Coming up in about 15 minutes or so. And, of course, we'll have the game for you, too. But without further ado, bet the board. Whose voice was that? Was that Ryder? That's Ryder. (laughs) Four picks for your friends. It's time to bet the board with the fast lane. All right, so we used to do this. We, We decided to bring it back. Carrie... I think you should have uh, first pick here. All right. So my my partner is Wes, and we're going to go with the L.A. Clippers laying five and a half. Yes. They're a five and a half point favorite. Was it five? I thought it was six. The five and a half. Phoenix okay. Suns. Oh, the game's win. tonight in L.A. At home. Why do you I like, like it. Why do you like the old clip job? The Clippers have figured some things out. James Harden, Russell Westbrook. They, everyone thought that this was going to be and, – and, Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard all being healthy, they're a really good team. They figured some things out, and 
I like the Clippers. I like what they're doing right now. All right. I'm not going to say Warriors stink, so I wouldn't pick them for anything. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, they're terrible. Sorry, man. It's hard. Jamie. It's hard yeah. Your pick. Well, I'm going to – I was looking at a couple of basketball games, too. Then I changed my mind quickly. Um, <laughs> I'm going to the NHL tonight. Uh, Vancouver Canucks. They are still on the road. They're heading into Madison Square Garden to play against the New York Rangers. The Canucks are plus 124 in this game, but I like them. I think the Canucks go in there and uh, let pounding on the Rangers tonight. All right. They're going to beat them by at least a goal. <laughs> <laughs> a pounding is relative. Yeah, yep. yeah. All right. Marsh? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bruins against the Avalanche. First period total goals over one and a half at minus 122. I see both these teams starting out fast. The other day, the Florida Panthers put up three goals in one period against the Avalanche that first period. So just need two goals. Doesn't matter which team. Just two goals in the first period. Okay, so over one and a half. I just said that Washington was going to win tonight's national championship game outright, so I'll gladly take the five and a half, put it in my back pocket. Michigan wins by three. Hell, they can win by four. They can win by five. I don't care. Washington plus five and a half in the national championship game. I just said all the reasons why. I think that this Washington offense, I realize that this Michigan defense is excellent. I get it. Washington's got a big offensive line. They can protect Penix. Hopefully Dylan Johnson is somewhat okay. If he plays, hopefully he's effective, and the running game can be there. If not, Michael Penix Jr. has had one of those seasons where I'm I'm not going to doubt him. This kind of feels a little bit like the Clemson-Bama game mm. when Clemson shocked Alabama, yeah. and Alabama was one that they had the, the better defense, and the, the you worried about the pass rush and all that, and then Clemson – all they did was chuck the ball over the yard. Now, yeah. Michigan's secondary is better than that Alabama secondary, but it kind of has that feel to me uh, in the national championship. But it won't be a blowout like it was that night. But nonetheless, Washington plus five and a half. All right, what do we got for criticisms and compliments there, Marsh? Uh, we – let's just go to our three stars. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jamie, what? we're doing the three-star <laughs> thing. What the hell's that? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> this is how crap happens exactly. around here. Like, yeah. I go away for a day. <laughs> explain and to I get them. Waffle House, and now I get three stars. Yeah. So, so what happened was we were talking hockey, <laughs> and our friend Anthony Stalter said he he doesn't like the fact that the NHL does three stars after every single game. He he feels like it's it's too much. Oh, sorry. So, the NFL doesn't hand out multiple game balls. <laughs> so My we goodness. decided they don't broadcast it. Oh my god, big deal! <laughs> it's, on it's, on ES, it's on ESPN.com. We decided Here's the to score. have three, stars, three stars after every show. Lame. We're gonna have three stars after every show. That's interesting. <laughs> three stars from the show? Yeah, from Our the show? show? Every day. <laughs> doesn't it feel, Jamie? Doesn't it feel a little awkward? Yeah, because there's four of us. Well, no, no, no. There's Wait, not four. No. There's four. There's a chance that none of us are the three yeah. stars. Yeah. There, last last week, like, what was it? John Fosalock got a yeah, star. Yeah, John Fosalock got a star. Um, yeah, I'm lost. Anthony didn't get any last week. I didn't get any last no, week. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm surprising. Hoping, hoping for uh, my first one today, Jamie. <laughs> Are right. you guys ready for the three stars sure. of the day? Yep. We are. Yeah, let's All go. right. Our third star Lame, of the it? day. Number six, Jamie Rivers. Oh, he returns nice. to the there show. You go. There you go, there Jamie. Is. Third star. 
Yeah. Third star, it's better than no stars. <laughs> Our second star of the day is Jameis Winston in yes. his post-game oh, yeah. interview. Nice. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. And a late addition here, first star of the day is Mike Ryder's voiceover oh, for yeah. Bet the Bills. Okay, yeah. yeah. Way to go, Mike. Okay, That's so true. there you go. So there you have it, Jamie. Mm. The 314 says first star goes to Anthony. Sorry, you're not in charge. <laughs> you just said that to him? Yeah. Our texter? Yeah. Yeah, on the text wanted, line, he wanted you which to, is a gospel, right? He wanted you to be the first one of star. Our, one of our sources, the Air Comfort Service text line. Yeah, but if you don't get the stars in on time, they don't count. Yeah. You know? That's actually a thing. It I appreciate that. It is. That's actually a thing. Well, it's a big deal, you know? I mean. It is a big deal, Don't want to screw it up. You know what? Sometimes you get that first star is a big deal. I can tell you that much. I think that's great. Yeah. I do. Mm-hmm. I think that's one great. One day. One day. We'll keep, keep oh, it make it happen. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Sometimes it's going to be excited. excited. Anthony's takes on certain things in life are just like I don't get it. Spot on. No. Incredible. Thought provoking. No, really disturbing. Like useless, disturbing. Interesting. Like, the fact that you're mad about three stars in the NHL. Oh, he was bothered. I'm not he, mad he, about he was, it. He was, he, was, he, was, he was. He was. He was just confused by the, the 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 need of a star for three at that for every single game. Yeah. Well, it's a like, lot of guys on the ice, first of all. It just seems like uh, like orange slices. You know? <laughs> it's got an orange so slice then, feel. So what's your excuse, What's wrong then? with orange slices? But hang on. Hang on, uh, pause. What's your excuse, then, for like five game balls that get handed out in an NFL game? We got the punter. He had a great kick, kick game ball. He kept what? Okay, here you go. Hey, by the way, we had a big return from Joey over here. He got a game ball, too. First of all, Joey did hey, have a Gary big return. Davis, he had a big block out here. He'd get a game ball. Gary? Yeah. Keep going. When you see it on Twitter, that's that's the only time you see that. It's not a thing. You're, you're, like your it is in the NHL. Absolutely it's no a water. thing None. in the NHL. You have to do it. It's part of every game. It, it, no. it could be six to five, but and it's like we hit? gotta do these stars. Okay, but you get you lose a game to a football game. You're handing out game balls. You're the game ball because you sucked less than the guy beside you. <laughs> How many game balls did Mike we, T hand out? We, we didn't get any game balls. Thank unless you. you had like it's not eight a thing sacks for every team. game. Gary, nowadays though, how many game balls are flying around? Well, it depends on the organization. That's when you're right. a, a, you know, a self-respected organization like the Pittsburgh But at Steelers. least, if nothing else, at least hockey's consistent. There's only three. Yeah. Get with it, Anthony. I you am with it. We're doing it on the show camp. now. We're doing <laughs> it on the show. You want to clear a camp without three stars? You'll get on board. Shame on for you. Jamie Rivers and Kerry Davis, I'm Anthony Stalter, and for Andrew Marsh, of course, National Championship pregame now. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.